Tune in to the Neil Prendeville Show weekdays from 9 a.m. on Cork's Red FM. Tragic death of a 14-year-old boy in Killarney in the early hours of the morning makes the front pages of many papers this morning. Killed when his car that he was driving crashed in the early hours of the morning. A lad by the name of Thomas Healy, pronounced dead at the scene, and a friend of his is fighting for his life in hospital. It's a tragic story. It makes many of the papers this morning. A lot of the broadsheets, many of the tabloids lead with it today. Uh, the crash will also be invested by the Gardaí, by GSOC, because uh, the crash happened at 10 past 1 in the morning, but apparently earlier in the evening, the guards were keeping an eye on the car. It was a Toyota Corolla belonging to Thomas's dad, Jer. You have headlines saying uh, things like, Boy Driver 14 Killed in Crash. Tom will live in our hearts forever. Uh, tragic. He apparently was a great footballer by all accounts and a great, obviously, a great life ahead of him. Our bright, bubbly boy. The Healy Rays are related and they say the family is numb with devastation, mourning the loss of the lad in a single vehicle crash in the early hours. I hope the other lad, his buddy, the other 14-year-old, re- recovers. It's very sad, makes all of the papers uh, today. Um, so does... Um, the issue involving publicans. There's a bit of a standoff going on at the moment. The publicans say that they won't back down over using the vaccine pass to allow people to, to sup or to eat indoors. Um, the government are saying, well, that's the way it's going to be if you want to move forward on this and get indoors in the next few weeks. So they have another meeting today. This will be a virtual meeting scheduled at 2 o'clock and the pub bosses will be demanding that they're just allowed to reopen and get on with dealing with our customers indoors from July 19th. So we'll have to see what happens there. Um, I don't know whether you're a numbers watcher, and, and I don't tend to dwell on it, apart from when you hear all of the experts saying that it's going to keep growing and growing. It was The, the COVID numbers were supposed to double every day. That isn't happening, but we are at 581 for yesterday. So that's substantially up on, say, this time last week. Mind you, 17 in ICU and 60 in hospital cases. And when you break it down county by county, of course, it's very, very small. But they're saying, yeah, but watch the numbers as we go through, uh, you know, the next few weeks and a mo- couple of months. So it's hard to know, isn't it? But, you know, the, I often wondered what would happen to the UK because they wouldn't have an EU um, digital pass. They're outside of the European Union. But apparently they're going to be able to work it out for people coming from the UK to Ireland. They won't have to quarantine, uh, you know, when they, when they get here on July 19th. Vaccinated people traveling to Ireland from Britain. Um, because, um, you know, they'll be able to work that one out. But but this is for people who've had their double shots. Uh, mind you, the over 60s are getting their second COVID jab in the next 10 days. You would think that that would have been done a long time ago. In fact, Professor Luke O'Neill is saying that it's insane that they just didn't mix up the vaccines. You know, if you got a dose of Pfizer first, you should have got Moderna if there wasn't enough of the Pfizer and so on and so forth. Kind of makes sense to me. But the pharmacists are saying that they've never seen anything like the demand for the jab. Like uh, the Echo this morning talks to Keith O'Harahan, who's the superintendent pharmacist with a Pharmacy First Plus group in Cork. They got four uh, pharmacies. Glanmire, Onslow Gardens, Granada and Tower. He says um, that the demand for the jab in the 18 to 34s is insatiable and he's asking the public the 18 to 20, 34 year olds to be, to be patient. We know now, we now know the reason why people are indoors in hotels but not indoors in pubs and restaurants. It has to do with the toilets apparently. The Independent says that restaurant toilets and pub toilets are far riskier than, re- than toilets in hotels for catching COVID-19, they're saying. Apparently, the hotel guests are a lot less likely to use communal toilets than people in restaurants. What? Like, where are you going to go to the loo in a hotel? You're saying, you're going to traipse up to your bedroom, use the loo there, and go back down again? I don't know. But anyway, it makes the papers today. 
That's the reason why. It's all to do with the difference of the toilets between hotels and restaurants. Uh, Childline is the story that makes the front of the echo today uh, with the volunteers speaking about speaking out very much about the impact of the pandemic on children in Cork and around around the country where many of the kids are in horrible situations. Uh, and then we have an interesting one coming out of McCroom. People who have maybe uh, got used to living in McCroom and maybe, I don't know whether the kids in the, uh, in the uh, Riverside Park Hotel, which is being used as a, an asylum seeker and refugee centre. I don't know whether the kids are going to school there or not, but a number of the, in the area, but a number of the asylum seekers have been told, all right, we're giving you a week's notice, you're off to Donegal. And that's the story that makes the echo today. Interestingly, you remember the God sketch in RTE? Many people got really angry and annoyed about it and found that, oh yeah, the Catholic Church are the easy target again. This is God being arrested uh, for paedophilia. Uh, well, the, the broadcasting authority yesterday upheld the complaints against RTE's New Year's Eve countdown. What that means is the Broadcast Complaints Commission said this was bad. You should not have made it and you should not have broadcast it. And then when you talk about plastic, it's quite interesting. The examiner have the 10 single-use plastics that are destroying our beaches. Now, one of them that doesn't make it into the 10 is um, nets, fishing nets. Maybe they're an issue at sea, but by all accounts, not on our beaches. But the issues that are a problem on our beaches, cotton bud sticks, cutlery, plates, straws, stirrers, all that plastic stuff, food containers, cigarette butts, beverage containers like coffee cups, you know, things like that, uh, packets and wrappers and wet wipes and sanitary items and plastic bags, uh, balloons and sticks for balloons have just joined the top 10 list, apparently, uh, for the first time. And, and talking about lists, I was telling you yesterday that this month is the 25th anniversary of the Spice Girls and it's lovely and I definitely will play a Spice Girls song today but they worked out what was the most popular Spice Girls song of the 21st century and apparently it's um, Who Do You Think You Are? That's the most popular of them all Um, coming in after that would be uh, Wannabe Uh, after that uh, To Become One Say You'll Be There Apparently they had lots and lots of hits in the 25 years and they break them all down uh, from, 19, from the 1990s right up to today. And imagine that, I don't know what the shelf life of Spice Girls music is like anymore. I mean, they kept, for, for me, it didn't take much notice of them, but they were hugely, phenomenally successful in their day. And, and I know, and I know, <laughs> I know that it's all soccer today and we will be talking about the England-Denmark game. For sure we will. And your thoughts on it are welcome. But uh, I only saw highlights of it because I was watching quite an amount of tennis yesterday. And for anybody else that was watching the tennis yesterday, it was very sad, wasn't it, to watch Federer go out in three. It was very sad to watch Federer lose uh, uh, six love in the third. It was heartbreaking. Um, and I don't know where he's going to go after this as to, you know, what the plans are for the Olympics or what the plans are for the U.S. or the hardcore tour in America. But unfortunately, there's an awful lot of players who are coming up and they're snapping at the heels of the big three or four, certainly the big three. And we saw with Murray as well. Uh, I just thought it was very sad. His timing was off. He was hitting the ball all over the place. I don't know whether it was... I can't say that it's because he's 39. I mean, maybe you just have an off day. It's very sad, but I hope it's not the end of him. And uh, But the clock is ticking for all of us, as the fellow says. But, of course, England making history dominates all of the sporting sections this morning. Um, and there's a lot of division about it. The first England goal they got because it was an own goal, and the second one, a dodgy penalty. So... Um, a lot of headlines on it. And of course, now we have the final England-Italy. We have a Twitter poll up, actually, asking questions on Twitter as to whether you will be supporting England 
whether you'll be supporting Italy uh, and if you're having something to eat while watching the match, will it be fish and chips if you're supporting England or perhaps pizza if you're supporting Italy? The Neil Prenderville Show. Anyway, I'll certainly be coming back to that because uh, I want to get Mark's thoughts, of course, being an, an Englishman himself and supporting English and also uh, Rory from the Sports and News Department as well. And your thoughts, text 0868104106. Penalty or not? dive or not and we'll come back to it so text 0868104106 I did see uh, that Simon Coveney put up a tweet last night saying good luck to England tonight best team in the tournament so far we wish our neighbours well and he got a bit of a drubbing over that I mean you know, he didn't get savaged but he got very little support for it I have to say so uh, I'll read out some of those a little later on this morning but um, two days ago uh, I read out an email entitled An Awful End to a Great Day long time listener to the show I know you covered this umpteen times before with regards to uh, anti they call it anti-social activity in the city actually it's thuggery and violence um, but the email was talking about a bunch of friends who were out for the first time for a few jars it was like a bit of a stag for a mate who was getting married and they went to Goldberg's by the marina do you remember that story? And then it was involved a Frenchman who was chased by maybe a dozen or so thugs who kicked him, punched him, beat him, blood coming from his head on the ground, on the keys. I'm joined by phone on that by uh, Pat Barrett because he was the man who actually sent me the email and witnessed it first day. Pat, good morning. I'm good and listen it's great to talk to you it's one thing to read out an email and you did write it very well in fairness to you but it's it's great to catch up with somebody so um, I read it out we got an awful lot of people who were very angry about it you know um, and we're still none the wiser as to why they set about this one man you still can't make out why? Absolutely not I mean like like I said I've heard of, of this kind of stuff going on in town but I, like, I couldn't actually grasp it like until I witnessed it firsthand, it was just absolutely incredible. Like, do you, you know, do you know, really do you know if there was fellas like? Because a lot of the texts were saying that those groups of dogs, you know, that that they're kind of yeah. hanging around, casing the joint, waiting for trouble, or you know, it's funny you mentioned it. No, because uh, the guy who was getting married. No, I was talking to him afterwards the next day, and he said that a group of them actually came up to him. And like they were, you could see they were trying to start something. But I'd say when they realised there was about twenty of us there, they backed off. Like I obviously didn't find that out till the next day. Any idea? Any idea what the? Like, any idea what the conversation was about? What they said to your mate? They were just oh, what are you doing here? What are you ask? You know what are you up to? And all this stuff. Pure like, you know, they're just waiting to kick off. Like it's like they're just looking for a target. You know. I mean, that's, that's, that's senseless. Like, what's, what are they doing? Like, Yeah, and you said young, um, 14 to 16, 17, dressed in tracksuits and runners. Quite quite young. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there was one guy there. He, I think he had a bottle of, bottle of cider as in, like, like, there was, like, a flagon under his, under his arm. Like, that was one of the guys who was attacking the French guy, you know. I mean, so, what's, what's going on? Like, what are they, what are they doing? Do you know what I mean? Looking for looking for like, trouble. Like, that's what they're doing. It's ridiculous because they, like they just appeared from nowhere. I'd say it was about eleven o'clock, and then bang, there was about one hundred and fifty there. One hundred and fifty what? There for the day. One hundred and fifty what? Thugs, really? Really? Do you know? Yeah, they just appeared from nowhere, all drinking in the marina. They weren't there for the day because we were there for quite a while, and there was nobody there. And then all of a sudden, there was loads. Do you know? It made it. it 
it was just ridiculous, like, absolutely ridiculous. And this would have been a completely separate 150 or saying to the people like you who are there, minding your own business, hanging out with your mates kind of thing. Uh, oh, yeah, like, I mean, we were, we were in Goldbergs, like, we can only sit outside there, they can, they can only have certain numbers anyway. But then all this all this group just appeared by the marina drinking, like, it was apparently, like, out of nowhere. Like, they weren't there just all appeared, day. yeah. Okay, so at, that, at some stage then, <coughs> excuse me, around about 11-ish, you decided to head off home and you were going up along the quay heading towards Carey's Tools. What happened? Yeah. So, like, myself and my mate, Paul, we were last. So, left and we were walking up and looked to be, we passed two fellas pushing. It was like handbag stuff. But that's what I thought that I heard on your show before that you were talking about. So, we just kind of ignored us and just walked on. And next thing, we got up by Carey's Tools and all, like, all we heard was some guy shows get the effort and we turned around and we saw one guy who was about mid-twenties running on the opposite side of the road he tried to jump the barrier but fell and then I'd say there was about 10 or 12 nufflers ran up and when one guy leaned over the barrier pulled him back with a jumper and started punching him from behind the barrier and such and then the rest of them ran around the front and they were punching him and kicking when him when you say the rest how many? I'd say maybe 10 of them 10 of them attacking one guy open. Yeah, it was it was senseless. The man was pure defenseless. Like, how did he get separated from his wife, that Frenchman? I, I, no idea, no idea what happened. But like when we, we showed it over, and they get the f away from him, you know, when they ran, they kick was, him, and did they like, connect with his head? I wonder. I I'll never forget the sound. Did you ever hear the sound of someone getting kicked into the head? No, but I've heard the sound of it, someone's head hitting tiles, and that's awful, disturbing. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I'll never forget it. And then they just ran. I mean, there was only two of us, and we're not we're not big fellas ourselves, like you know. And we we started walking over, and then the French guy got up and ran over to us. But like, I don't know, did he have did he, was his English not great, or was he just panicked? Was he, he couldn't talk to us? All he could say was, "My wife, my wife, my wife." He was in shock, obviously, oh, clearly in shock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But and he was bleeding I, I, badly from the head. Oh, uh, like I I saw the blood coming down the side of his neck. It wasn't just streaming or trickling no this was pouring like so I tried to look to see how bad it was but I couldn't actually even see I couldn't even see where it was coming from it was that bad like how old was that Frenchman? So I'd say maybe mid to late 20s I'd say and you took off your coat to try and staunch the blood on the back of his head am I right? That, that's right yeah and I, like, I kind of put my arm across his chest and I didn't even, I didn't even know how to beat this fast like I was starting to get afraid myself going, like, what am I supposed to do here? That poor man. Do you know? Um, like, he tried to make, he tried to go away and Paul, like, just, just held on to him and kept him there, like, while they ran the ambulance. Then. Okay. So you rang 112 and I believe at that stage now, his wife came running up. That's right. She was, I'll never forget her roaring either, running up the carry to the side of the road. Like, I mean, imagine horrific that must have been for her to see. Do you know? I oh. mean, it was, it was just ridiculous, like. So was she was hysterical, like, was she? Absolutely, yeah. She was, yeah. She was, and um, then the the guards came. Like, like all this happened so fast, but it seemed like it was taking ages, you know. But even by the time I rang the ambulance to the, the point that the guards came, it felt like forty five minutes. It probably was maybe three or four. That was fast. So you at know? this stage now, yeah. the the ten or twelve thugs. Animals, it's disrespectful to animals. They were, they legged it. Yeah, they were gone. You're never, never going to catch them, like. Yeah. Um, no. You didn't stop to think before you shouted at them to go away that they might turn on you and Paul, no? 
to be honest, Neil, it was more instinct. I, you wouldn't even think about it because it was was so bad. Do you know, I mean, like, like any half decent human coming across this wouldn't hesitate for a second. I know what you're saying. Yeah. Stop to it, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Do you know? Did you wait for the ambulance? You Do you obviously waited for the guards? The guard came, and surprisingly enough, there was uh, two guards, uh, a man and a woman guard, and she, they asked what happened. And we said, look, there was, there was about 10 or 12 fellas there after, after halfing him, like, you know? And um, I just said, look, you're never going to catch him, no. They ran when we showed at him, they're going to be gone, no, this year here. And it was pretty, pretty much told, just go away. What? You were told go away? Yeah, just, just yeah, all right, no, thanks, that, that's okay, you can go away now. I was like, all right, it's okay. Fair enough. So myself and Paul just left then. But I mean, I was washing his blood off my hands in a pool, a puddle of water. Oh, like, that's how so much blood was there now, you know. I was like, there's no way the taxi's going to pick me up now. And I was trying to support sister. She picked me up. Thanks for listening. Oh, my God. But the ambulance uh, must have taken him to the Mercy or CUH, yeah, clearly. I, I actually worked with um, the father of an employee in Goldbergs, and they went up afterwards and they saw that he was being carted into the ambulance and taken away. But I mean, that's his memory of Cork, no, like forever. Like, like no doubt he'll have at least stitches in the back of his head. Like, he's, he's not going to remember, like, oh, can say it was brilliant or lovely or anything. No. The hiding he got in Cork knows what he's going to remember forever. Unfortunately, that's so true. Um, for anyone that's gone through something like that, or even if you've been on holidays and you've been mugged or robbed or whatever, or your, your villa's yeah. been broken into, and I've had all of those kind of stories, they're the things you remember of those places, and you probably never want to go back. Exactly, yeah. You know, and like what's going to happen to these officers is they're either going to start in the wrong person and find out what a real hiding is, or they're going to kill someone and get arrested. Yeah, but there's security you know? in numbers for these guys. You see, you know, you talk about ten or twenty of them. Um, you know, that's like, exactly what it was like in a kind of a herd mentality. You know, you see, well, what like yeah. you know, do do you think that maybe in situations like that where people gather that the guards should be able to anticipate numbers like that and be there? They like, they should absolutely. I mean, I, I heard when you were texter things and they were told to go down to the marina I mean that was punters who were told they were punters up around uh, the peace park and the guard said move down to the marina yeah and like that I find that hard to believe but I mean even even the two guards that came right like like I could have gotten this wrong but like the woman guard that was there I mean like they're only human beings too like and there was, there was 150 of them you know, I'd be a bit sceptical, right, but going into that a group like that and saying, let's cut it out. I know, know, I know, I know. But there's a high price to be paid then when you have somebody being kicked like that. I mean, you know, he, uh, could, have, he could have been killed, you know, he could have had a hemorrhage. Most definitely, yeah. But Most you're definitely. still, but you but still... He wanted, he wanted yeah, you, he was just having a, a social night out with his wife, for God's sake. But yeah, you, you, say, uh, you, say, yeah. you say that the scumbags won't win. Um, no. They are winning, though, and, and have been for quite some time, haven't they? Either way, they'll, they'll come back to get them. Like they, they, they won't just get away with this. Like, you know, yeah, like oh, they what they consider that a success. Now beating a fellow nearly to an inch of his life and have a laugh about us. I mean, like, how long do you think they can hold that up? Like, you know, they're not going to win. Like, you know, something's going to happen to them, and that'll be the end of it. It has to, because otherwise we've no hope. Like, I mean, I, I've been going out in town for twenty years, and I've never seen anything like that. See, I did a piece there with Padraig Hoare from the Examiner. He wrote a beautiful piece about being in the city and doing Pana and walking up and down and meeting the retailers and mm-hmm. the great buzz and everything. But I got quite an amount of text afterwards saying that I'm suffering from, uh, well, delusion that clearly I haven't been in there to see all of the people being hassled, all the 
all of the uh, addiction issues, all of the begging and all of the fighting at night, you know? Yeah, yeah. like I said, I mean, I didn't quite grasp it either until I saw it myself. Like, I always thought it was kind of handbag stuff going on inside there. It's not. It's nowhere near it. <sighs> okay, well... From what I've seen, you know? You, you going to think twice about going back in again of a night with your mates? Uh, I won't go in anyway. If everything's open again, I'll probably avoid that area of the city because I don't want to see anything like that again for the rest of my life, like... I hope you made a recovery, that yeah. Frenchman. I hope you did. Uh, yeah, same here. Same here. Maybe we yeah, might be able to find. Maybe we might be able to find out. Perhaps somebody might know. Anyway, Pat, yeah, fair play to did. you. Listen, thanks for coming on, and also thanks for your intervention. God knows what would have happened to him if you hadn't shouted at them to stop. So well done. Uh, no worries. Like I said, any half decent human being would have done the same. Well, you're certainly yeah, that, pal. You're certainly that. Okay, good luck to you and to Paul. Cheers, man. Thanks, take care. All the best. Cheers. Man. Back take after care. the break, text 0868104106. The Neil Prenderville Show on Twitter at Neil Red FM. Open at one eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You can text oh eight six eight one zero four one zero six. John McGrath in Cove uh, is celebrating a fiftieth birthday. He's a well known guy to you, Neil. He's just the best son, brother, father, and husband to his wife and three children. I do know John. He's a very very nice guy, very helpful guy. Uh, lots of love from your mom, your dad, and all the family and friends here. Here's to a great year ahead, John. May it bring you lots of happiness. Says Rhonda, his sister. So happy birthday to you, John. Uh, the big Hawaii, Hawaii five zero. Lots yesterday on the trades, right? And people trying to get a plumber or a carpenter, an electrician or a tiler and just can't get them. They don't call back or they're quoting stupid money. A big response to that yesterday. I'm a carpenter and there is absolutely no call-out, call-out charge, even for anyone in the trade I know. That's just robbing people. Well, there is. There are call-out charges. I mean, I have invoices to prove it. Uh, I love how these uh, two women are probably reading this, believe that women can lay blocks, says Dara and Blarney. He's, re- he's referencing Emer and uh, Brenda, whose uh, ears popped up when they heard there's a grand a day to be made, um, you know, laying blocks. <laughs> well, there's one thing laying blocks and the other is laying blocks properly, I suppose. Uh, had a guy come to my do my back garden, he priced it 15 to 20 grand, 15 grand minimum and booked out until next April. Uh, morning, I'm married to a block... Next April, 20 grand. You must be getting a lot of work done in the garden. I'm married to a block layer just after handing him my notice at work and I'm off to search the attic for the thousands that he must have, says Anya in Skibbereen. Uh, people need to understand that everyone working in trades have been out of work with lockdown. This causes huge backlogs and people need to realise the stress the tradesmen are under at the moment. There's lots on this. I had a guy working for me for the bones of 20 years. Two weeks ago, he told me he was packing up because he decided he was going back on the pup and doing one to two days a week for cash. And he'll still have a full week's wages for two days work. He sent in his text for the pup and the following week, the money was back into his account. This payment is a joke. It's so easy to get. Who do you blame? Well, I blame him, to be quite honest. If you ask me, if you if you want to apportion blame, uh, I mean... You got to work, you know, and you, you can't be doing that. I mean, uh, obviously, you can see why people do it, but it doesn't make it right. Tell that man to get on to tradeworks.ie, tradeworks with a Z. They'll find someone for him. They're brilliant. I called a plumber once and he answered with, what you want? I'm driving. Call me back later and hung up. It wasn't like I rang him 10 times. It was my first call. Needless to say, it was my last call to him. Fix the problem myself. Well, 
Hope you fixed it properly. Plumbing is a difficult thing. Uh, I work for myself and I've never been so busy, but I would never overquote someone, even if it's a small job. But I do have people waiting over a month for me and can't physically get to them faster. And sometimes a phone call or an email does slip through that you may miss because the phone rings and rings and rings all day. And just one or two more for now. If they really want to get construction workers back to work or hire new people, then make it easier for us to get safe passes. It's currently 200 euro, having gone up from a pre-pandemic cost of 80 euro. Why? People have to pay out of their own pocket for this safe pass. As if it, because it's all private companies doing the safe pass courses. There's a two month waiting list. Can the government or construction not run safe pass courses, which are free to job seekers or those on pup or at least for God's sake, subsidize it. And just two more. Timber alone is gone up 120%. Steel has gone up between 50 and 70%. My boss priced jobs last year at last year's prices, and now he has to take the hit. He can't pass it on to customers because the contracts were signed. And one final one, never mind the better hours and jobs on outside buildings. Uh, the problems nowadays is young fellas are too soft that they might hurt their fingernails. The girls are tougher than the boys now. I'm 32 years of age, and I'm ashamed to say that actually applies to three or four of my male friends they left construction because they were afraid and didn't like the bad weather. There might be a lot to say to be said for that, though, on a freezing, frosty January morning on a building site. Anyway, lines open, one 850 Text 0868-104-106. Can I go back to a call from yesterday? Geraldine. Hi, how are you, Now, um, just to recap again, we're talking about uh, your mam, Mary. What's she like, 87 going on, 88? 88, yeah. All right, and she's at home. Um, it's she's She suffers and lives with dementia, doesn't she? She do, yeah, yeah. nine years. So, and she hasn't been out of the house. I think she's been she's been in bed for no, a lot of that. No. Yeah, okay. Um, and she's nearly going on 88 and hasn't yeah. been vaccinated. And you were very upset about that yesterday. But um, we made a couple of calls. In fairness to Emer, in fairness to Brenda, was the first thing they did when they got off the air at midday. What's happened since? Um, I got a phone call from Dr. John Sheehan. And he's willing to come up and vaccinate her. He's even shocked. The ambulance crew are at the stop delivering it to the houses. So he's going to run up at 12, 12 o'clock tomorrow. You you were hoping that paramedics could have done it. Were you told that they don't do it, is it? it I'd just been told then from the doctor. They're at the stopping it. Okay, okay, okay. Because yeah. so she he, couldn't go. Remember we were chatting yesterday and your mum wasn't able to go to a vaccinated and She's too oh, old and no. too unwell. Yeah. No, yeah. no, she had no movement. Yeah. Yeah. So when it went fair play, we got in touch with Dr. John. I, I, I kind of knew that would happen. He's that kind of guy. I had that feeling yeah. that if a mountain could be moved, he'd move it. Did he yeah, say he when? Did he say when? 12 o'clock in the morning. 12 o'clock tomorrow, midday. Tomorrow. Yeah. 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 And, and he'll be there. Okay. Do you feel, do, do, it, yeah. do you feel happier and more relieved now? I do. I do. I okay. do. Okay. 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 You know, and thanks very much. I really appreciate it. Not at all. That's what we're here for. If it can be done, we do our best to do it. I just wanted to touch base with you again, and I'm delighted you got the call. It's a great relief yeah. to you. It means now that when Mam is vaccinated, she gets visitors, and the grandkids can come in. 
yeah, yeah, it's great, it's great. Because I'm watching her the whole time, like, you know, if anyone is sick, just don't come near the place. So, and you were worried yesterday that, you know, people who wanted to visit, you were saying no, and they thought that you were being odd, but you're not. Exactly, exactly. So they'll believe me now when they heard it. Absolutely. Okay. Well, listen. If we and don't do anything, I know if we don't do anything else that, that this week, that was a great thing to be able to achieve for you. And thank you. I appreciate Not it. Not at okay? all. Okay, Geraldine. Bye. Take care. Bye. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Take care. Text 0868104106. Happy to help out in that regard. If you have something that we may be able to help with, do get in touch. Also, email Neil at uh, redfm.ie. Okay. Calls, texts, and emails on the way after the break. Text the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0868104106. Red FM. And please don't forget our Twitter poll if you are following the soccer Euro 2020 it's England Italy in the final who will you be supporting England or Italy check it out on Twitter and I'll return to it later on I see the text coming in uh, and we will come back to it but just ahead of the call can I just do a few of these because uh, massive response to yesterday's program 15 grand for a kitchen and he calls it a bargain you must be having a laugh I don't know Jar. I mean you'll pay that all day long and more I mean you can pay as much as you want for a kitchen it's like you can pay as much as you want for a house you can pay as much as you want for a car they say the more you pay the better you get so you could easily pay 15 grand with all the doodads and the bells and whistles just listen to you about kitchens we got ours from Paul and Donal in Stylecraft and Balancolic absolutely brilliant and Neil you'll be happy to hear we got the hot tap I missed the boat on that one. It's definitely the best thing ever. It's expensive, but so worth it. Hope you're well, Colette says. The best thing ever she got is the hot and cold tap. Not just the regular hot. This is boiling hot. Uh, We went with a reputable kitchen company in Cork, and I ordered the kitchen and the utility room in December. Still not finished. It's July. Morning, my husband Roy Cotter is a tiler, if you'd like to contact him. And we got lots more then. John Paul Toomey is a great tiler with Tiles R Us, and they're the best. The tiler I'm with for 20... I'm a tiler, 20 years experience. I'm free in a month. I can call to that lady over the weekend and, qu- and quote, says Chris. We've passed on all of the tilers who got in touch, actually, uh, to the people looking for tilers yesterday. I'm a tiler. I was listening to the girl whose tiler let her down. I was keeping my schedule quiet for the month of July due to being so hectic the previous three months. If she wants help, I'd gladly oblige. There's lots of tilers willing to come to her aid. Richard Lynch is a tiler, 16 years. She says, I could tile the ensuite bathroom. I could fit it in about three weeks. If that would help, three weeks' time. Uh, I'm running a business called A to Z Property Maintenance. I have a page on Facebook and Instagram where our work is available to see. Pass on the details. We may be able to help, says Niall. So thank you for all those. And with regards to block layers and masons, the masons made a killing back in the day. Hungry out they are. Up the rebels, says Harry. And lots then on apprentices and plumbers. But this one is gas. Um, Neil, would you ever, would you ever pee off slating tradesmen's prices we suffered long enough I wonder how much you charge for sitting on your hole all day (laughs) you sound like my son you sound like my daughter you go in there for three hours a day you waffle you come home that's not a job I don't know why you blame me I mean I put callers on the air I read out texts from other people it's not me all of the time it's callers wonderful people who Partake of the program. Anyway, sitting on your hole all day. Believe me when I tell you, that's not the first time I've heard that, and it probably won't be the last. Can I just talk a little... Can I talk to Jeffrey, if you don't mind? Uh, Jeffrey's from Donegal, and he was delivering in Cork last month and found a letter 
outside the English market. Now, he sent the handwritten letter to me. It is quite lengthy, right? It's unsigned and it's written by a woman. Um, and it goes back to uh, the last three or four years of her life, you know, from when she got married. Um, and we can walk through it if you like. Jeffrey, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How are you? I'm good. And uh, are, you, are you all right? Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Okay. Um, we keep it kind of vague, really, for fear of identifying anybody involved here. But it just. I, I was trying to work out who was she writing to? Who do you think she was writing to? I honestly don't know. Uh, I don't know. I just kept seeing the letter sitting. First of all, I was delivering to a couple of st- shops in the area, and I seen the letter again is sitting on a little stone. There's a lot, you know, little little bollards that be. Yeah, on, we have those plinths on Grand Parade. Yeah, yeah. And and I seen it there, and I there were people sitting around, so I just thought somebody had it. Uh, I went and done my work and came back, and then I seen it on the ground, and a couple of the pages had blown away, and I said, you know what, this might be an important letter, so I lifted it up, threw it in my van. And I said I would check to see would there be an address or a phone number to pass it back on to them. But uh, I threw it in my van, and only last week or so I read it and looked through it. And I just think it's somebody that is in dire straits of help. And they must have, for somebody to sit down and write this letter, I just don't know was it they're trying to get their feelings out and leave the letter for somebody to find it, or was it they were really feeling suicidal? Or were they, yes, or were they writing it down to bring it to a solicitor to initiate divorce proceedings? But but, uh, I don't know. The the gist of it is uh, her life going back maybe five or six, seven years when she got married uh, up to recently, being left alone, um, you know, being the, the, the cooker, the cleaner, the bottle washer, taking care of the house putting up with his moods, his name-calling. Isn't that what it's about? Yeah, she just, it's more or less she's saying that she's been trapped and when she tried to get out, he just ignored her. She tried to get a job. Uh, He didn't back her on that. Uh, And some parts of the letter, like I didn't, I only read it about once, twice, uh, just to look at it. And she even was making him food. And when she'd call him, he wouldn't come down for it. He would leave it for a while. Then he would come down and just look at it, maybe taste it and leave it. When she wanted money, he wouldn't give her any money. He just had her trapped. And I think she possibly was going to solicitors. Uh, she was possibly thinking commit suicide. Maybe she was going to finish this letter, wasn't finished off yet. I don't know. There's also a very sad passage where she talks about the birth and death of her child. Very sad. Very sad. Yes. Yes, yeah, she, seems, she just seems to have been trapped uh, with no help and she seems to have been suffering all her life. And just when I seen it, I said to myself, there must be somebody out there that might know this woman or whatever, or maybe she might be listening, that at least she knows that there's people, that her letter was found and it's been talked about. Okay, I, wo- I, I won't reveal her husband's career path enough to say that she was there for him when he was studying and doing all of the exams, she didn't work um, to be a support to him for whatever reasons she felt that that was the right way to go. Um, he did very well in exams and is now 
working and moving through that process and, and earning substantial amounts of money. Um, she talks about that and everything. Uh, she, she then wished to go back to work and, you know, there was kind of obstacles put her in her way in that regard. But what she's saying is that she's moving forward, um, trying to recover from the trauma and the treatment and it's time for her to look after herself. Do you think it was her trying to, if she wrote it down and put it out there, that it might be helpful to her, cathartic, cleansing, empowering, do you think? Yeah, the letter seems to be like if she was writing a story, a story, and then the story was coming to an end, or she was finally getting somewhere that she realised that like he got... He used her to get the position she's in today. He's in today. Yeah, and yeah. she was part of getting there because he needed somebody to look after the house and stuff like that there. And now he's got there and he doesn't really want her. She's asked him for money. He's told her there's numerous things wrong in her life that she needs money for. And some of them was the condition he left her in. And it won't support her on it. And maybe now she's finally got to get out of this mess and maybe she's writing this letter down to as you say maybe go to a solicitor go to a friend or or to put it out there in the universe yes yes to open it up just to open up her problems and just let 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 the world know the way she feels it's very sad isn't it to read someone suffering like that it is very sad to see it especially when they can sit down and write about it and put everything so clearly into it but the thought of sitting down and writing five or six or seven pages, it's crazy. I wonder, crazy. did she I wonder, did she write it there on the Grand Parade on one of the concrete plinths there, all on, all um, on her own? Well, maybe, possibly, but if she did, <laughs> it took her a long time <laughs> to write it because it's a long letter. Now, there was another piece of paper, just when you mentioned uh, about going to solicitor, there was another piece of paper that I didn't know if it belonged to this or not, but it was in a different colour of pen, but it, it had stuff written about a mortgage and how much the mortgage cost, how much was paid back and balances and stuff. So maybe it was another part of this letter. I don't know. It was just blowing around in the one and I threw it into it, but I didn't know if it was relevant to this letter or not. Yeah, I mean, she, she seems to have made her mind up, doesn't she? That it's time yeah, to move seems, on. She seems to have made up her mind that she has had enough. She can't take it anymore and she's been degraded as last, I think is it, 2016 or 2017 she started talking about it uh, up until the, the, the day Yeah, and of course she's um, she's had 15, 16 months of Covid to deal with where it must have been very even more difficult you know what, yes. What, yes. What, would yes. you like, what would you like to achieve out of sharing this letter um, what do you have in mind what would you, what would you, what would you what, like to see happen um, I would like to, if she is listening to this or if anybody kind of can pick up on who we're talking about, that uh, they will come and give her a bit of help, or maybe even she will find, if she hears this, she'll be getting the help that she needs anyway. What would you say to her? I mean, if she left it there intentionally, um, it is you, Jeffrey, who found the letter. So in one way, it was a letter to you. So what would you say to her? Well, if I if she came in contact with me, I would go and meet her and talk to the woman and give her that bit of support that she needs. Maybe only to talk to her. Maybe just to let her understand that there is people out there that cares about her. Just because she's met this person that's treating her the way she is. 
uh, by the sounds of the letter and stuff, she seems to be on her own. He probably has taken all her friends away. She's taken anything she had in life away. He, she just is trapped. So I'd love to just be able to say, come on, let's let's go for a cup of coffee, sit down, tell me, tell me your story instead of writing it. And uh, tell her there's support out there. There's people, there's like using the radio station there that loves to listen to the, like this, likes of us here to help her out. And maybe tell her there's more than life than the life she was living for the past few years. Oh, for God's sake, there's a long life there and she needs to make it a happier life, you know? And it, it, yeah, and, almost and definitely. She, she needs what she started now, she needs to keep doing. And hopefully if she's listening to the radio and she knows, that's uh, her letter we have found, that it gives her that drive to go forward and, and go for it. Like she has started, she read a letter, I found it, it's on the radio, so it seems to be good for her. And you know, somebody is here is saying by text that what she did is called journaling. Did you ever hear of that journaling? It's, it's a process that people go through to cleanse and to move forward and to write it down and leave it behind then, you know? Not carrying yeah. it with them. That kind of, I'm just wondering if that's what she was doing. Because there's lots of forms yeah. of abuse. There clearly is the physical abuse, but there's also the yeah. psychological and emotional abuse. Yeah, look at look, uh, but look and listen to that uh, text there. Yes, I would agree with that. Possibly you that's suggested that. I, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I when I seen this letter sitting there so nicely sitting, I thought it was just the person maybe was sitting there's letter or whatever. Uh, I, I think it was left to be found, possibly, and this is her getting rid of her whatever, her okay. past, okay. maybe. Okay. And, uh, okay. I found it, and maybe if she hears it, this will give her another drive on to say that I, I left my letter, somebody found it, and it, it meant something to somebody that would ring a radio station in that area to talk about it. Absolutely. Well said. I couldn't have put it better myself. Let's hope that she is listening. It would be a wonderful thing that you could take some some confidence, some courage from it, you know, to you know, talk to a friend or, you know, move on with her life. And if 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 she's decided to separate and initiate divorce proceedings, to go for it. Yeah, that would be fantastic. Yeah. And uh, uh, but so happened that she did contact using the radio. Yes. Uh, please give her my number because yes. the next time I'm with Cork, I would love to say hello to her and just say hi or whatever. I certainly um, will do that if it happens, and I'd love if it yeah. did happen. And and Jeffrey, just with regards to your good self, are you a courier? Do you drive all over Ireland? You no, know, I uh, I own a health food company and snack food company, Donegal Whole Foods Tropical Foods. And we distribute around Ireland, and we just be down in the Cork area every but once a month. Right. And I always listen to your station. Good man. And I said there was no better station to put this on. Thank you. And that's why I contacted you. Well, you come from the most beautiful county, Donegal, and the kindest, loveliest, most welcoming people. I have to say, I was up there last year and spent a few days there, and I was blown away by the beauty of it all. So you're very lucky in that regard. Yeah, it's lovely, and I'll tell you, there's nothing wrong with Cork either. It's just where you come from. Okay. I, I love Cork as well. Okay, so we, we leave it at that, having complimented each other. Let's see what happens, Jeffrey. I may well be back to you, all right? 
not a problem and thank you very much all the best bye cheers bye. my man lines bye open one 104 you can text 0868 back after the break talk to Neil Prenderville now 1851 Red FM okay just quickly I mentioned there earlier this morning that Simon Coveney put up a tweet last night ahead of the uh, England-Denmark game saying good luck to England uh, tonight best team in the tournament so far we wish our neighbours well well <laughs> he got some reaction to that I can tell you uh, best team me B-O-L-L-O-C-K-S uh, they had the easiest draw somebody told him to shut up Italy have been the best team what about our European neighbours Denmark uh, Martin says if England lose he'll effing give Ireland back to them as a condolence prize are you effing serious bye uh, stick to yachting if you think England are the best team over the past four weeks is on uh, another way you having a laugh any sign of the six counties coming home? Uh, my parents were born and bred in Ireland. I was born in London. Ireland wasn't good to my grandfather, an entrepreneur who left for England in better times. My father was schooled by the Christian brothers. He was better off in England. Love my Irish family, but I'm under no illusion about so-called beautiful Ireland. Ooh, that hurts. With respect, that's history at this stage. It shouldn't have happened, but those days are long gone. Ireland v England we're no longer in those times Ireland's a great place to live a very beautiful country and the country has been good to me and most others Mark responded um, morning I've no, sorry I've no problem wishing our neighbours luck but to say they've been the best team in the tournament is horse manure um, and just one or two more your PR people have clearly failed to note that Paddy Power survey which indicated the majority in Ireland is supporting Denmark by the way Denmark are in the EU and two fast ones the way they booed the Danish national anthem makes them the worst in the tournament in my books as Kath. And a final one. Well, I wasn't watching it, but my next door neighbours here in Dublin let out a huge cheer. And without even turning on the channel, I knew that Denmark had scored. <laughs> oh my God, I love it. Anyway, we'll pick up on that and lots more besides after 10. Hi, it's Connor. Join me Sunday from 7 for Green on Red, bringing you the biggest, the best, and newest names in Irish music. Imro Music Station of the Year, Cork's Red FM. All right, you can text 0868104106, pick up the phone on 1850104106. And uh, England uh, beat um, the Danes last night. Uh, the front page of the English Times says, England make history. Uh, the Red Tops in Ireland, including Eamon Dunphy, say Danes knocked out by a blatant dive and another own goal. And I love this one from the mirror. Kane Payne for Dane. I suppose that uh, is the type of headline you'll expect on a red top. Uh, we had Maradona with the hand of God. We had Thierry Henry, of course, with another handball. And of course, now we have Raheem Sterling as to whether it was a dive or not. Who knows? But um, quite an amount of response to it. Um, with regards to whether or not it was justified, the penalty. This is um, this is just a little bit of the audio leading up to it, right? Have a look. Sterling taking on Mailer, getting the better of Mailer. Still going, Sterling, he's gone down. It's going to be an England penalty. That will be an England penalty. Raheem Sterling dancing his way past red shirts, drawing a foul. And Danny McAleer said spot kick. 
Rory, the commentator clearly believed it was a penalty. <laughs> what, did he still believe it was a justifiable penalty after the VAR replay? When you're an English commentator commentating on an English game when an English player drives to win an English penalty to put England into the final for the first time in a major final since 1966, you're going to be very quiet, aren't you, for fear of retribution from A, the English public, and B, your employers. You're, you're, you're so right. You'd hardly have the commentator say, oh, no, he dived. Oh, my God, it's a disgrace. Oh, it was such a blatant dive as well. I mean, like, you're looking at that in real time going that's never a penalty and then he awards it and then the VAR check gives it and then you're like oh my god I can't believe he's given that and then secondly when you're looking back on it again you notice there's a second ball on the pitch right where Raheem Sterling is and the laws of the game dictate that if there is a ball interfering with play the referee must stop play so in the build up there's a second ball on the pitch referee sees it he's looking right at it he can't miss it he has to blow the ball oh up it should, he's god. never gone to did, the box did the ref just get caught in the headlights of the moment or like I, I don't know about soccer but in tennis if 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 a ball drops on the court or if it falls out of the player's pocket play stops you replay the point it's, it should have been stopped right there and then so Raheem Sterling should never have gotten an opportunity to, to fall over a crisp packet as former uh, Dundalk <laughs> boss current Ireland boss Stephen Kenny would say about Cork City years ago so um, yeah there is, I can imagine like Denmark fans Denmark people Irish people being really really annoyed over that and also it's also something I only noticed when I went on social media this morning was that an English fan was shining a laser into the eyes of Denmark keeper Kasper Schmeichel as he was about to say, try and say the penalty. And has Schmeichel, Schmeichel said anything about that? Has he come out and said that that happened? He hasn't said it, but you see the, the shots on um, show, social media. You can see the pictures of a green laser in his eyes. Now, he saved the penalty, which is great, but he pushed it back into Harry Kane's path, unfortunately. But, uh, yeah, that's another reason. So, three reasons why that penalty shouldn't... It's, I, I, you can tell him slightly worked up over it. <laughs> Let's see how worked up Mark Willington is. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is your moment to shine and defend, my friend. It's coming home. It's oh, coming stop, Mark. Home. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I had oh to my it. god you're probably looking for somewhere to watch it now with a load of I other people on desperate to somewhere to watch it yeah I mean it's hard for me to disagree with anything Rory said I have to put that on record as well but I mean, what it, is it then a win's a win's a win well, you know it's one of those things in football isn't it I suppose uh, sometimes these um, questionable <laughs> decisions go for you sometimes they go against and last night it just happened <laughs> that's how it is that's, that's football do you think that deep down everybody knows there was a dive then, but a win's a win? Oh, you'd have to be, you'd have to be watching a different match to not. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and I was convinced when, when um, Sterling went down, penalty was given, and from the, from the first angle it was like, well, okay, looks a bit like a penalty, I suppose. And then you saw the close ups, and you're like, oh, VAR. I was convinced VAR are going to overturn this. And then they gave it. And why? so all the VAR now. That's Bruce <laughs> You're all for it now. But why would they? If everybody blatantly looked at it and said, there's hardly even a touch. It's just going for a ball. Exactly. And now there's all those memes on um, uh, on Twitter now of, uh, of, of, of the VAR crew and they've just got Netflix on their screens and they're just watching anything. Like I asked my son, who's a serious soccer fan, he really and truly is, I said, penalty or not? And he said, I don't think so. Very, very minimal contact. But they deserve to win anyway. What did he mean by that? Well, they were the better team last night, to be perfectly honest. Now, Denmark had a game plan. They came out to sit down deep and defend, and they did that, and they did that very well. But looking at the stats, England had nearly 60% possession. They had 20 shots, a 10 on target compared to 6 and 3 for Denmark. They were the dominant team, and they were very patient in their build-up and didn't get overawed by the occasion, and they kept pressing and pressing and pressing for the winner. And England genuinely were impressive enough last night, and they deserved to win the game, but the manner in which they did it is what is causing the rankles. One. 
One was an own goal, and the other was a well, dive. Can I just on the stats there, can I just add to the stats that... Um, <laughs> that Disagree that, with them. That Denmark committed 21 fouls, <laughs> and England only committed 10. So, I mean, a fair play award there. Why isn't anybody talking <laughs> about the cracking Danish goal? Oh, that was a beauty, an absolutely <laughs> cracking free <laughs> kick. Yeah, I've got a question, Jordan Pickford, there a little bit. If he should have maybe gotten to that, but the takeaway, nothing from the strike, an absolutely beautiful strike. What do we know about Didi Harmon, the German? He was... Did he call it disgraceful? Can we have a listen to that? Do you mind? Have a listen to that. Did they deserve it? I have to disagree with Liam because they they won with a penalty which was a blatant dive and, and this is not in the spirit of the game and, and England always prides itself on being the home of fair play and, and no diving. We all remember what happened with Klinsmann when he came to uh, when he came to England and he dived and you know, then they had that celebration with the diving. Uh, and, and as I said, we brought VAI in. Sterling probably thought the challenge is going to come. So I give him the benefit of the doubt. He probably thought the challenge is going to come in. But Marley, as we will see in a minute, you know, he pulls out the tackle because he sees he can't get there. There's no contact whatsoever. VAR was brought in to rectify these decisions and, and change blatant mistakes by the referee. This is as blatant a mistake as you will see. And this is a European Championship, a semi-final. Uh, I feel sorry for the Danes. I think there was every chance they would have got to penalties. And then we probably would have all thought they might, uh, uh, they might have the advantage with Michael in goal. Rory, a couple of points there. How must the referee feel this morning? He obviously thinks he's made the right decision because he made the decision and was backed up by VAR. And the second point I want to make, do players know when they're anywhere near the box that this is an opportunity for a penalty and they play it that way? Yep. If you don't fall, you're not going to get awarded a penalty. If there's contact and you don't fall, the referee's not going to award a penalty. Raheem Sterling felt a little bit of contact. I mean, like it was a brush off a defender's arm, but he felt a little bit of contact. Went down and the referees obviously looked at that. He's only got a second to look at it, remember? No, but what I'm thinking, what I'm trying to work out is, do players choreograph this? Do they train for this? Um... This opportunity. Yeah, you can engineer free kicks and penalties by leaving your leg trailing and making a contact off a defender's leg. Do they practice this? I wouldn't think they practice it, but I think it's something that they have been thinking about and looking at. I can't imagine they're going out and training going like, right, lads, simulation practice now this morning. <laughs> 20 minutes, so I'll practice your drives. Practice your engineering, your contact, but does, uh, like it's just the way the game has gone. Does this make the win any sourer now for you guys? I mean, well, well, not like, really, because, <laughs> <laughs> because we're in the final one. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it's funny. It's because it's, it's, um, w- watching the game last night, and and I do have to say, I had to I had to turn over from RTE because I was finding it a bit interminable. Um, and, Why? Um, because it was. It just felt a little bit. Um, Bias for anyone, anyone watching it, and I just thought, you know what? I just want, I just want to hear a commentator who's screaming for the team I'm screaming for. Um, so, I, so I switched it over. So I wasn't immediately aware that it had all really kicked off. And obviously, uh, uh, Roy Keane, and there's a clip on the, on there. Roy Keane and introduced that. Discussion. What's that about? So um, on ITV last night, um, the, the, the pundits were Roy Keane, uh, Ian Wright, and uh, Gary Neville. Um, and so Roy Keane and Ian Wright had a little discussion after the game about whether or not it was a penalty and the situation surrounding it. Let's have a look at the penalty decision then, Roy. What's your verdict on the awarding of the penalty for England? Well, I don't think it's a penalty. Obviously, we've looked back. Um, it was unlikely when they went to Varda that they were going to see it was a clear and obvious mistake. But 
Sterling got stronger as the game went on and when you got people who can go past people it just opens the game and I think very very soft people can say they're soft but we've been seeing those, those have been given all season the little clip little touch you know you heard what Reem said they felt like he got he got touched he, he went down right, you're going to defend him anyway no matter what it's, it's, not, it's not a case of defending him anyway you know, you know how it is Roy the fact is, is that if, we, if we weren't seeing these all season and you could say well yeah of course it's soft but that, those have been given all season those have been given all season, so it makes no difference. Uh, you know, an award is an award. Who are you going to be supporting now, Sunday night? <laughs> Don't you think? <laughs> no, seriously. Because I won't. I'll be supporting England. No. What? what there are neighbours. Um, they're not in the European Union, so they're not really our neighbours, are they? <laughs> did you Did you support them when they were in the EU? No, good God, no. <laughs> Like we went after but the match. You support I, Premiership teams. I don't support Premiership teams. I support Cork City, my local team. <laughs> but you were in an Everton, Everton shirt the other day. That's just the top. My dad's <laughs> my dad's an Everton fan. My dad lives near um, Goodison Park, so my dad sends me over like Everton stuff all the time. And I'm like, oh, thanks, Dad. Yeah. No, <laughs> How do that. you feel about that, incidentally, that the Irish don't support England? <laughs> oh, do you know what? It's one of those. Do you know what? Sometimes it's I. If, if it if it sort of stays sort of good natured rivalry then I think it, then I think it's a good thing and it's enjoyable so I always think of the rivalry between England and Australia for the Ashes or whatever it's that sort of like love to hate sort of thing. so where are you going to watch it are you looking for a pub oh at the moment I'm watching it as I've watched every other match which is just sat in my living room <laughs> to the TV but I would love to find somewhere to watch it I really really would if anyone so are, are we looking for an outdoors <laughs> pub with a big screen for you where you and all the other English supporters can gather on Sunday night wouldn't that be great wouldn't that be great <laughs> Where will you watch it? Probably won't, will you? I'll watch it at home. I, uh, With pizza? I went last night taking out my Italy jersey from the wardrobe, so I've got that all ready for, for Sunday night. I'll have an old pizza and a glass of Italian red, and I'll be sorted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You're on fire, lads. Let's see if we can get some thoughts and texts on it. Appreciate you both stopping by. Thanks, Rory. Thanks, Mark. Text 0868104106 after the break. This is the Neil Prenderville Show. Tweet the show at NeilRedFM. 104 to 106 Red FM. Don't forget our Twitter poll who you'll be supporting in the final England or Italy. It's day four of our Maldron Hotel giveaways and you can book your dream escape at MaldronHotels.com and today we're featuring the Maldron Hotel in Port Leash. Two nights bed and breakfast, you and whomever you choose to take with you. And again, it's based on three songs, artists and titles kind of outdoorsy Travel, summery, sunshiny songs, all those kind of things. Don't call just yet. Have a listen to these three artists and titles. I'll open the phone lines at 10 to midday. Now I'm sitting here. You got your hair okay, artists and titles in the right order. When I open the phone lines, I'll give it another couple of spins between now and uh, midday. Please, please, Neil, do not join or become one of those moaning at England. They deserved to win. I think Italy will still win out, says Jim McKeown. The ref was 10 feet away. VAR had a cold look at it. It was a penalty. Oh, the wonderful Irish. Remember Queen Victoria. Remember 1916. The famine. Cromwell. 800 years of occupation. Come out your black and tans. Remember Thierry Henry. I get it. Ireland appealed to the United Nations, you know. They wrote to the Pope. Yet if Robbie Keane did the same thing, they'd build a statue to him in Grafton Street. Ignorance is bliss. I have a feeling your whole program is going to be anti-English brigade knocking everything English. I'll be going out the road for a walk. Take care, says Jim. P.S. Remember the hand of God? A disgraceful decision. There was no moaning then. Wasn't there? Wasn't there? 
I remember it very differently. Anyway, text 0868104106 because it is a big talking point, even for those that don't follow soccer, because it's, again, the Irish-English thing and things like that. Anyway, Mary's standing by Dennis as well. First up, Seamus, you're laughing. I'm laughing. How are you doing, Neil? Good, my man. Oh, my God. It was up there with the Paris, uh, the double uh, handball by Henri. Um, There was moaning then, wasn't there? Uh, look, it's overall, according to the stats, the English team were better. You're not uh, on a speakerphone, are you, Seamus? I uh, maybe. Hang on one second. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, a little bit better. Did he? Sorry, a bit did he uh, dive? No, yeah, just overall the stats of the game. Like England were a better side overall, but you know when you look at the, the whole tournament, England's path to the final has been pretty uh, easy compared to the other sides. I mean, they, they managed to avoid Spain, Belgium, Netherlands. Uh, a decent Czech Republic uh, side, I suppose. They, I don't know, I Every don't know you can get them. an easy draw in any sport. Yeah, they, they don't, get an easy they draw, don't just pick like who the they're playing. As well, you know, an yeah. easy draw to the to the semi final. But this Italian team uh, more than ready to, to to finish them off. I think you know. I mean, it, it, it's maybe maybe it's great that the, the English team got to the final because you know it'll I suppose it buried some some skeletons in their own closets, but but they. They'll be forced to prove themselves. You know, you're now at the final. There's no excuses. Now you have to go and win it. If they don't do it, then that's it. Do you want England to win? <laughs> huh? you- no, I want the Italians to win. And whatever about uh, Simon Coveney's uh, comments, they're just more political. Um, uh, there's political crap coming out of his mouth on, online. He should just stay off social media. No, no, no. Uh, All he said was, good luck to England tonight. Best team in the tournament so far. Yeah, we wish- they're not the best team in the tournament. Anybody, anybody we wish our neighbours well. He probably should have said, I wish our neighbours uh, well. Not at all. The, the, the Italians have been the best. The Italians face... Uh, forget, forget about that. Why, why aren't you supporting England? Um, I suppose, like, you know, my experience of Ireland is going to be very different to probably the likes of Leo Radgar and crew. Like, you know, the history of uh, the, the, the between the two countries and Grain and me, I, I, you know, if they were outstanding and I suppose at some level if they beat us, if we were in the competition as a, a nation and they beat us comfortably and, and, and you know, unequivocally, like, you know, it was a, it was a win at all costs and they did it and they did it the right way. I probably would back them and say, you know what, go on and win the competition. But given the, the, the way they won us, the manner in which they won us really in the end ultimately and the path that they've taken or been given to, to get to the final, it's been pretty much easy. They've kind of like... Ah, uh, uh, Seamus, you're an intelligent man. That The only equivalent <laughs> I can give to that is the draw in tennis. You don't pick who you're going to be playing against in a draw. Well, it's done you for you. Wonder. Well, then, you know... You think you it's corrupt then? Do you well, think that it's corrupt then that the draws oh, are... Oh, it's corrupt? absolutely corrupt. I mean... So what? I How can it be? How can a draw be corrupt? Seven out of their eight games are played in Wembley, their home grounds. But don't they draw the teams live on television? Neil, this this is you're talking about FIFA and soccer. It's absolutely corrupt. But you'd need you know, a magician with his hand or her hand. Just because it's it's more it's, uh, they make more money from having a, a final when in, when it, with England in it as opposed to one without. But how could you rig that? <laughs> This Italian team are superior. You should get down to JD Sports or your local sports store now and get yourself an Italian jersey. It's 55 <laughs> years since they won the World Cup. Surely they're due a bit of happiness. Oh, Neil, we, we haven't... Like, it's 55 years later and we're still talking about it. If they get to... If they win, they're in the final now. If they win this, I'd say in, in even my own lifetime, we'll never hear the end of it. Uh, never. Hang on a second there if you want. Mary? Hi, Neil. How are you? Good. Do you watch it? I did. I discussed it with you that you're going to back them on Sunday, Neil. 
Well, I can't, I can't I lie. Am. I can't no, lie. No, I'm sorry now. I thought more of you. I can't believe now that you would back a bunch of support. Whatever about the team now, that you would back a bunch of supporters who would boo another country's national anthem from start to finish. In the way they did it last night, they shamed themselves, they shamed their nation, but they're used to that. They're very good at it. They're experts at it, actually, at shaming themselves. That's an interesting I mean, point. I mean, that that is, yeah, that is not acceptable. There was no call for it. There was no call for it. They, were, they had home advantage. They won the game with an OG and a dive, but they're used to cheating everything they've ever done anyway. <laughs> I have absolutely no time for them. I hope the Italians annihilate them. I we, mean that that's now. It. <laughs> I support that comment now. We always seem to do <laughs> this. Yeah, I hope. I'm sorry now. They had home advantage. There was only 8,000 Danes at the match. There was 58,000 English there and they booed and booed and booed through the whole national anthem. It was a disgrace. And see that VAR? That was that referee's first tournament ever. And he, they couldn't see him making a mistake in the semi-final. They went with him because they couldn't show up his mistake. He, I love the man is right. But he's not responsible for VAR, the ref. Neil, yeah, VAR is corrupt anyway. They oh, the <laughs> they're not going to admit they put a fell in charge of the game who couldn't second handle it. That's, where he, that's why he went for TV replay, isn't it? He wasn't sure. Uh, uh, he wasn't sure, my ear. The crowd over in Switzerland who were watching that just as themselves, Christ, if we, if we go against the English side here, now we're going to be in the height of trouble. And he's right, they'll make more money out of having it in Wembley Sunday with an English crowd at it. Oh my it's God, you both believe that it was rigged, that it was corrupt, it was about yeah. having England... Yeah, go on. Neil, where have you been in the last 15, 20 years? FIFA... It's absolutely, FIFA and UEFA is 100% corrupt. Hold on there, Soj. Stephen. If you think anything else, you're deluded. Do you, jump in on what they're saying yeah, there, Stephen. What do you make yeah. of all this? Neil, yeah. all these draws are all um, done before the tournament starts, you know what I mean? So basically, England topped the group and they played the runners-up, which were Germany. And then they played the, the winners of the other game, which were the Ukraine. No, I mean... I, I just thought that the draws are done live on, on television and everybody's... And no? No, 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 no. These draws were made back in February 2020, Neil. Behind closed doors? Uh, the, way, the, way, the way, like, the... the, the, the um, how do I put it? The groups are all... Like, England will be one of the top seeds in, in England or in Europe. And uh, then, the, like, it wouldn't be done... Uh, it's all... It's the way of Neil, you know what I mean? Seamus there is on about uh, um, being corrupt, you have being corrupt. They were corrupt, but I, li- I like to think that they cleaned up their act, you know? Oh, um, Neil, 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 this is, if, you, if you believe that, you're deluded. This is an absolutely 100% corrupt. Not taken away from... Or, uh, but look at all of the people that would have to be in on it. The ref would have to be in on it. VAR would have to be Neil. in on it. Yeah. <laughs> Neil, like England, if you, did you watch the game last night? No, I was watching tennis. I watched the highlights and I saw the goals and things ah, sure. like that. You're 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 watching tennis, Ferdus, Ferdus. But look, um, England, England had um, England had a penalty in the first in the first half. Harry Kane dived right. Yeah. 
they got a, a they got a penalty with a, a bare shove in the second in the with Raheem Sterling, and then they they tried to they tried to get three penalties in the one game and they got one. So it's a lot of average, like you know. How could anybody support a team that boos the national anthem, Stephen? But, uh, but that's their mentality, Neil. It's their, their war-like mentality, us against the world, you know? Um, they have no, no, no respect for anyone. And it's their buddy, buddy boy tactics, like. Okay, but, just... Well, look, they'll, get, they'll get their comeuppance on Sunday because... Uh, I'll be polite, Neil, and I'll just say that the, uh, the Italians will kick the... Delivering daylight, sort of them. Oh my God, that's going to be so. It's almost like a grudge match, then, if you like the final, isn't yeah. it? Can I, ask you, can I ask you a question? Yeah. Did your did your wife enjoy the flowers yesterday? Did she like them? Oh my God, how do you know about them? I delivered them. They weren't from me. I brought my own flowers. You must have delivered oh. flowers from another man, did you? Ah, stop, dude! Stop, stop. No, I got flowers yesterday from. Shandon flowers, and I brought them home in the car. What I want to know now is, who del- who are you delivering flowers for to my wife? Ah, Neil, Neil, Neil. I don't know. I, I only, do, I don't look at the cards. I don't look at the cards, but uh, they were, they were, they were a nice bunch, Neil, and she was happy. Yeah, yesterday would have been my mother-in-law, the great Kitty Lenahan's one hundred and first birthday, and she died last oh. year during COVID. So, yes. my my wife had her, some of her family over, her sister over, and everybody right. said everybody sent flowers for Kitty's birthday. So you're off oh, the beautiful. hook. That's what you were I'm delivering. Beautiful. That's what you were delivering beautiful. for. <laughs> and they were beautiful. And they were beautiful flowers as well. Neil. They were. And thank you for delivering them. <laughs> no problem. And will you be so freaking out Sunday, Neil? What? Will you be so freaking? I will support England in the final. I will. Yeah, yeah, I will. I must Jimmy Sean on about nineteen eighty-six. Sir, they're still on. They're still on about the hand of God. You want to ring up Jimmy Sean there and get him on the radio? And uh, they're still on about the hand of God. They're like, they're, 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 they're deluded, deluded, Neil. Uh, Mary, you'll never forgive me for this, will you? Never, Neil. You're going way down my estimation now, and I had you up there. At the top of all credentials, but I can't believe now you're going to just join the animals on Sunday. And Bowie shouts No, I, I mean, that was a disgusting thing to do. I give you that. I give you that. Yeah. Neil, they booed their own team when they took the knee. They booed the team that finished the match with Scotland. They, those supporters are just, oh my God. Let me get one more call in in a second. Anyway, Stephen, thanks so much, Mary. Thanks, You're joining them. You're joining the me, team, and yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Seamus. Cheers, lads. one 850 You can text 0868 Just a fast one. Then I'll do some texts on this as well. Dennis. How are you? Sterling dived. The ref bottled well, it. Definitely. Because if you look at the game, even there was another ball on the pitch, the linesman seen the second ball on the pitch. They are seeing it. Why didn't the referee stop the game? They would anyway. It was from a throw-in, and there was a second ball on the pitch. They would have stopped the game. He, did he panic then? Do you think he just panicked? He did, the- yeah, because even there, even all the commentators, they were saying they could have seen that he dived. When it was shown in slow motion, you could see that he was already on going, falling over, and he wasn't even touched. And the should have got him to the referee and, and tell him to look at the television analysis himself. 
but they didn't do it because they bottled it because they knew if if it wasn't given, they'd have to face the consequences from the English support. And what would the consequences be for not giving an for giving a penalty that was uh, not deserved? The, the, the not giving it would have been slated all over papers and television over in England for not giving it. But even the English supporters, even Mark Whittington knows it wasn't a penalty. But why was it given? Because the referee bottled it. He had to give it. Because he was under fierce pressure. Do you... you, Yeah. Well, the referee went to VAR. VAR gave the penalty. Yeah, but you see, if they weren't too short, they would have got the referee to go off and look at a television. That's, and I've seen that happen on the sideline as well. It is like that. It's like with that, you, you're running in on goal. You score a goal. They go back, even if your big toe was ahead of the player, they'd give it a drop side. And tell me this, who, who, will you, who will you support in the final? Italy. Why? Because they're a, great, they're a better team than England. Only on that yeah, basis. Papa. Only on that basis. Yeah, yeah. I hope Italy will will trash them off the pitch. <laughs> it's not, are you saying that because Italy are you saying that because Italy are a better team? Or are you saying they that because it's England? They are a better team than England. Only on that basis, they're the better team. It's the same. Look at how long have they been saying about the hand of God? How about Sterling? The way he's been doing, Harry Kane diving. That's teasing. They sort of got yellow cards for that. So maybe I should have a rethink about supporting England because the team cheats. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. You know, but they have They've been doing it all through the tournament. Did we ever get a decision like that that went our way? Most of the decisions went against us, didn't they? Things like that. Yeah, so look what happened with Ireland and France with the handball with uh, Thierry Henry. Thierry Henry, you know, that was a deliberate handball, but still, the referee was there, he seen it, oh, he left to go, same to bad decisions, because they want these teams to get through, because as another caller said, that England will benefit the money that they'll make now for the game for Sunday with England in it. All right, my man. Thanks for holding on. Thanks for your thoughts. Okay. We got a lot of texts on this. Why, oh, why are we asking the question every time? Um, who will you be supporting? The English never ask their country this because they only support their own country. The Irish always have to be seen to be apologizing for stuff. Perhaps you should stop asking this question over and over, says Peter. And he says, not true. I'm from an English family, grew up in Scotland. So I follow both. A large number of English want the home nations to always do well. Um, if England were in the f- England in the final against Italy, will the will Scotland support England? I wonder. Would Andy Murray be shouting for England? I don't know. Max says uh, no talk of the English game, please, on the show today. Denmark were just robbed. Uh, they weren't. Um, they weren't really. England played much better, and although the penalty should have been awarded, Kane should have been awarded a penalty early in the game anyway. Schmeichel kept Denmark in the game on his own, says Andy. Um, Rory says that there was somebody in the uh, stands shining a laser light into Schmeichel's eyes. I had money on the Italians since the beginning, says Stephen, and one more. My brother-in-law, sister-in-law, all my nieces and nephews are all English or half English. So for them, I say, come on, England. Uh, says Lenny. And Dahi has just four words. Italy all the way. Text 0868104106. Pick up the phone. 1850104106. Back we go to uh, Thomas is standing by. First up, John. John, good morning. 
Morning, Neil. How does Simon Cape Coveney have a very short memory? All he was doing was tweeting best of luck to England. Two years ago, he tried to sanction them because they wanted to leave the EU. This is sport, not politics. Ah, but I to, hold on a while now. We're supposed to keep racism and, and, and politics out of sport. That, that's a point, dream. That's never going to happen. So he shouldn't be supporting England because they messed us up well, with he, Brexit, is it? No, no. He shouldn't be supporting them for the very fact that he just tried to destroy them two years ago. Uh, he, tried, he, tried, he tried to sink the country because the people had their own thoughts that they wanted to get out of the, the rich men's club. I, I'm not so sure everybody would see it that way. They would say that Ireland had skin in the game and that Brexit, if it wasn't handled properly, could have been catastrophic for Ireland. And on what way is it going at the moment? So we have European decisions all over our country. We have a situation in here at the moment. No, the, the, the night was last night or the night before that uh, the government told uh, everybody outside the country they can buy up whatever property they want and screw the Irish again. Yes, Come these vulture yeah, funds are not. Um, uh, they're not subjected to the same tax laws apparently in Ireland no. now that anybody. Yeah, that seems bizarre, doesn't it? Ah, but you listen. I told you a long time ago that Irish laws are made only for the Irish to keep us down and to keep us backward. And unless the people will get up and when they're voting, you vote for one person to get about the two, three, fours and fives because the Muppets are picking up votes and they're getting into the doll and then they're saddling the people. You What's make this? one vote for the person you think that is going to do something right, be they independent or whoever, and you make one vote only. But what's this got to do with a soccer match? But your, everything has got to I mean, do around politics. It, no, it doesn't. I mean, like, it, uh, the same thing happens with the Eurovision, so, for instance. So, so, yeah, so, so why, why was Simon Coveney so, uh, putting up a tweet? Was it because the British ambassador wrote a letter, was it, that he would like that the Irish people would come on board and back the English uh, team uh, for, for down, down through the decades that are coming or whatever? You got me, or what? <laughs> and then you asked the question five minutes ago, would Scotland uh, back England in this? Yeah, when hell would freeze over. <laughs> What about the Welsh? Will they be shouting for the English? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Only if they can bond the Severn Bridge. <laughs> well done, John. As always, well done. Thanks for that, Thomas. Good morning, Neil. Oh, yeah. The two balls on the pitch. They made a right yes. balls of that, anyway. I, I Listen to me. I can tell you now, Neil. And it, it, it was baffling me, you know, to be honest with you, because Liverpool played Manchester United and United scored a goal off a ball, right? That should have been stopped straight away. This, 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 uh, the goal should have been stopped straight away. But the boy. Which ball was in play? Like, could you imagine if a goal was scored, but the ball that wasn't in play? But you, you, you said it yourself a while ago, Neil. In tennis, right? If the ball was, it was on the pitch, Neil. It was right in the corner, right on the pitch. It should have been stopped straight away. But the penalty, anyway, wasn't a penalty. A million percent, it wasn't a penalty. I think everybody's kind of. I think everybody's agreed on that. I mean, United fan. And uh, with the Liverpool match, that should have been stopped. I mean, the keeper was had the ball straight into his arm with the Liverpool match. But in spite and of all of what you're saying, you I'm back in. I'm back in England. Yeah, of course, no problem because we support them. I'm a United fan, Chelsea fan, Man City fan. We all are, you know. Why do because Irish people support Premiership teams, but then refuse to support the national team? That's the bathroom party again. I, I, I hope they win. I hope they win because if they don't win. It, this is their last chance, as Roy Keane said. He actually said it. He said, if they don't win today or uh, Sunday, they'll never win again. Yeah, I know. You know? And, uh, it, but the only thing I, I, I was cheesed off with was the, the booing. 
I didn't agree with that because if you go to Lansdowne Road, well, the old Lansdowne Road, the Aviva Stadium, Ireland will support every team in there. That's one thing about the Irish. They will clap, they will support every one of them. You'll never see a bad Irish. Never. I think we need to start learning a few Italian phrases, do we? Well, I suppose we could do, yeah, I I agree with you. But or a couple of Italian chants, soccer chants. Well, ole ole is played all over the world, and that came from Ireland. Yeah, but if you're if people are going to be supporting the Italians and don't speak Italian, you know, like um, maybe well, we I should maybe, maybe we should get onto some Ita- maybe, <laughs> maybe we should get some Italians on the air to give us a few Italian phrases. Well, well, I thought no. Um, uh, uh, he was on with uh, not Mark. Um, uh, Rory O'Hagan. Rory, super. Rory hit on the nail. No matter what, no, I know he's going to uh, uh, support Cork City, right? But he won't be spotting England. But I think we should we, we should embrace uh, the England in the final, in fairness, no matter what. But I think... They got people making me skin. doubt myself now. God almighty. Yeah, no, but I think by the skin of their teeth over the referee, it wasn't a penalty, definitely wasn't a penalty, but the ball, uh, the match should have been stopped when the two balls were on the pitch. That's right. by law. Thanks, Thomas. Appreciate that. Nope. Cheers for that um, interesting text. What about the Eurovision, Neil? England never give us points, so I say Viva Italia, says Bernie from the north side. The Times UK this morning is saying Scots revel in their support for anyone but England. And it was no different in the Three Sisters pub in Edinburgh. A few brave souls belted out God Save the Queen at kickoff, but Her Majesty's royal household at Holyrood Palace, less than a mile down the road, would not have heard it. The Scots were in fine voice, though, cheering every Danish run into the box and erupting in rapture at Mikkel Damsgaard's opening goal. I'm hoping I'm pronouncing that player's name right. So the Scots, so the Scots at least in the pub the Times UK was in yesterday, Um, For the match in Edinburgh, the Scots were supporting the Danes. One person in the pub said, I was supporting Denmark because I hate the English, said Molly Black, age 20, from Edinburgh, with a wink to her three English friends. (laughs) So maybe they got you an indication as to where the Scots are in all of this. Um, Oh, yeah, and this continues. Somebody was saying earlier on something along the lines of, um, what do you know about it? You come in, you sit in your hole all day. Um, Now we got another one. I say, "Uh, you do. You sit in your hole all day on the air. Well, for three hours anyway. And then you go home and sit on your hole and watch tennis all day. I hope that doesn't come across as abusive. Back after the break. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 1850-104-106. Red FM. There's some fantastic texts coming in there to 868-104-106. Really, really good. I want to get those on the air. It'll be after 11. I saw one there, Brenda. It's fantastic. Somebody talking about uh, Sterling. The greatest fall of Sterling since Brexit. I think that's fantastic. It's inspired. Keep in common text 0868104106. There are other sporting-related faux pas making the news today, and we're back to the small ball. I'm not talking about uh, hurling, and I'm not talking about bowling. I'm talking about tennis. Why am I mentioning it? Because um, it's caused a bit of... Uh, it's caused a bit of a, a furore, as they say, on social media, like everything does if you open your mouth at all. And is it any wonder that people are afraid to open their mouth, to have an opinion? But it had to do with the Djokovic, Djokovic match, match yesterday against uh, Fukovic. Um, uh, he lost in straight sets to, uh, to Djokovic yesterday. But two people were commentating on the match at the time. That was John Inverdale and uh, Boris Becker. Now, John Inverdale got into a bit of trouble back in 2013 when he made a remark regarding Marion Bartoli, the French winner of Wimbledon single title that year, when he said uh, on television uh, that she's a great tennis player, which is good because she's never going to be a looker. 
which was a an awful thing to say. And Marion Bartley went on to forgive him actually afterwards. And um, she's a gr- she's great tennis punditry. She's fantastic at it. She's absolutely brilliant at the job. But it was a very sexist thing to say. But yesterday, apparently, they were having a chat about Martin Fuchovic's girlfriend, whose name is Annette. Annette. And apparently, John Inverdale said, if you're a tennis player, it's always good to have a partner called Annette, which is a pun on the word net, as in tennis net. To which Bach Becker responded, uh, they do say they have the most beautiful women in Hungary. I wouldn't know that, but she's certainly very pretty. And that's what he said. So he's, he's saying that he, he's got that um, the tennis player has a pretty girlfriend. Now, they're saying that that's like a remark you'd hear from somebody from the 1950s. And you can't be saying things like that. Uh, women in sport, a girl called Stephanie Hilborn got involved in that, saying that they were working for years to end the objectification of women in sport. And she said, when two men are comfortable talking about women in this way, never mind on live television, it shows that there's still an awful lot more to do. She said, shouldn't we be inspiring girls to play sport rather than talking about what women look like? Others are now saying that it means now it's a no-go area to compliment any woman on her looks. Um, it's, it, it's a kind of a difficult one to navigate through. But it will segue very nicely later on, perhaps this morning, to, to talk about women in sport as opposed to women on Love Island, if you follow me. So I will come back to it later on. So that's the kind of thing that's happening and that would not that had nothing to do with soccer. That was tennis. Lines open one eight fifty one oh four one oh six. Joe got in touch actually because he was looking for a favor, he says, Emer, I need a favor. She, he sent in a text. It's a buyer beware piece. And he joins me by phone. Joe, good morning. Neil, good morning. How I, are you doing? I've been sent photographs of what 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 they what somebody claimed to be a headboard or the studding of a headboard, which which yeah. I could I could do or anyone could do if they had a, a lot of drink on board. Like, this, it's just a joke of a headboard. Like, tell me the backstory Absolutely. to it. My wife, back in early March, knew she saw an ad on Facebook for that company and she got in contact with this lad, told him what she wanted. We wanted to purchase a bed and a headboard. So the bed and headboard arrived um, a couple of days later. We paid 370 euros for it. For the headboard? Uh, the bed was, for the bed and the headboard. For the bed. 370 for the two. So the bed, bed is fine. Bed is fine. I have no issues with the bed. It's 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 not a, a top of the range bed, but it's a fine bed. It's what is bed. it? Like a four foot, um, a five foot, uh, king, queen? Four foot, four foot six. It was my daughter's bedroom. The mat. The, okay, um, there's a mattress with it and everything. Mattress is fine, it's but the okay. headboard is huge. Okay. The headboard, Neil, is not at all. Is it huge? The stud work could have been done by a child in a crash. No, as you can see, honest, there's corners of the stud bent out, which was lethal dangerous. In that, you could have tore the hands off yourself on this. There were studs missing. The studs weren't aligned. Ah, uh, there's so no, there's no straight line whatsoever. It's like all over the no. place. It's yeah, a, absolutely. It, yeah, it doesn't. We, contact, we contacted him and we said, it, "Look, this is a disgrace. Um, the stud work is is appalling, and for an upholstery, 
company as well as a bidding company. Like, this is not acceptable. So you know, the, the studs are falling off and there's gaps and everything. And correct. they're. Yeah, correct. This, it's, so I said it to him replace the headboard without studding. So he said, yeah, he agreed to do that. Um, we were waiting, waiting, waiting about a month. I kept in contact, kept ringing, kept ringing, kept ringing, kept messaging. Eventually, one Saturday afternoon, the headboard arrives. They take away the old one with the studs. This one arrives in. The back of it, Neil, was torn. It was filthy, dirty. Now, you know the way the two legs at the back of a headboard, they go down and they slap onto the dowels. They do. And then you tighten them, yeah. Correct and right. For the bed, for where the two studs were at the back of the bed, when we put the legs onto the head to put it down, they were nine inches too wide. So the headboard could not go onto the bed. You get what you pay for, Joe, I'd say, you know. You get what you pay for. This is it at the end of the day, you know. But, like, I contacted him again, and I have been contacting him since March. And no, he's blocked me on Facebook. He's blocked my phone. I can't contact him on WhatsApp. Ring him. Now, I sent down the number to the show. Yeah, we called they, Wholesale Mattresses numerous times yesterday. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately, we rang them yesterday. As soon as he said who we were calling from, they hung up. Uh, we rang back, oh, and yeah. rang out. We left voicemail, offered them a right of reply. We've heard nothing back. So on the basis of them not wanting to come back or engage, we would engage with you instead because you obviously are a customer who feels as if you didn't get good service and they're not willing to back up the service they've given you. Did you pay cash? Yes. You know, and like... You got a receipt? Just in case me... (laughs) No. Why did you... So why... In spite of all of the warnings that people get with regards to... Companies advertising uh, on on Facebook. Sure. Why'd you do it? Sure. Well, you know, Neil, we were doing up the house at the time. I had torn down a wall between two bedrooms and extended to make a bigger bedroom for my daughter. Um, we were looking. My wife, yeah, on Facebook, and she went along with it. And bought No. Was there a photograph of the bed and the headboard on Facebook? Sure. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So why didn't you, you get know, the headboard that was in the photograph? <laughs> I wish to God I knew, Neil. But it's a case uh, of this company are uh, an absolute disgrace. And it was, what the contact of the show was, I didn't want anybody else in Cork or anybody that was listening to the show. It's a shame, really, because the bed's fine, isn't it? Bed is fine. No, I mean, the reason I cover these stories is because of the the grey area of Facebook advertising, you see. It's very, very yeah, dodgy yeah. a lot of the time. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, it was a case of, like, you told boy will beware because, you know, I hate to see people being caught. And you've been blocked now, have you? Or blocked in every sense. I can't contact them in any way, shape or form, you know. What are you left um, with now? The bed and that um, and that headboard that doesn't fit? Yeah. Like, so as I, I would have think for 370 euro, you'd get a, from a reputable company, you'd get a decent enough four foot six and a, and a headboard, wouldn't you? Yeah, without doubt. No. Hey, again, like, I suppose, being stupid, I took it, we took him at his word, and, you know, 
obviously it was a case of we didn't get what we paid for, if you know what I mean. No, no, I've seen and it. That, like, you couldn't have it. Like, even putting that up in a bedroom, it ruined the bedroom because it all, it's all you'd oh, see absolutely. is that mess. Yeah. Your eye would no, be drawn to it, the, like. Yeah, the second one arrived with no studding on it. It looks okay. On The only thing is, it doesn't fit the bed. You said it was so, torn and filthy dirty. At the back of it, yeah. All the, you know, we say where the black meshes at the back of it. All torn. So, did is there a chance it came off another bed no. somewhere? No, it wouldn't have. But I'd say it was in transit. It was it, the packaging and everything else was torn on it. You know. Listen, you just have to be so careful with regards to, particularly if it's cash and there's no receipts and it's a Facebook ad. Sure. It's just so Dodge FM, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, they have. <coughs> it's still not too late for them to make it good, though. You know, if they if they want to reach well, out to you and make you it know, good. Yeah. But like, it was just a case of for you to mention the company, you yeah. know, like, yeah, and know. people just to be aware of it, you know, because second, is getting caught, you know. I know, I know. Okay, buyer beware, lesson learned. Anyway, thanks for that, Joe. Cheers, pal. Yeah, thank you so much indeed for the help. All right, if I if I can get you a decent headboard, would you take it? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> headboard for absolutely. a four foot six bed, yeah. That's it. All right, man. Let's see what happens. Take care. Have a good day. Back after 11. Text 0868-104-106. Hey, it's Kira. Tune in to Saturday Breakfast on Red FM from 7 a.m. And wake up your weekend with music, chats, and all that's happening in Cork. That's Saturday Breakfast on Red FM with me, Kira Revens. 104 to 106 Red FM This is the Neil Show. Day four of our giveaways in association with MaldronHotels.com We've done Wexford, we've done Oran Moore We have done the Sandy Road in Galway this morning It's a two night bed and breakfast for two people in the Maldron Hotel in Port Leash Alright, so you can plan your dream escape in any one of the Maldron Hotels across the summer by booking online modernhotels.com so today it's Port Leash three songs in the correct order artists and titles uh, and again they're all tied into holidays the outdoors sunshine the sea the palm trees stuff like that uh, have a listen to the songs don't call just yet now I'm sitting here alright one or two more spins between now and midday Artists and titles in the correct order, and away we go. Now, uh, lines are open, 1850-104-106. You know, I've been talking, and I keep coming back to people who engage, and I don't want to be doing a disservice to everybody that advertises on Facebook, because many people do. Uh, and I know in the past, uh, you know, I've had texts and people saying that they are reputable, and we have a company, and we use Facebook. I understand all of that. I'm just saying you need to be very, very careful when it comes to you know, clicking on a link or following somebody who says that they do good work. In the recent past, we've dealt with all sorts of work that certainly left an awful lot to be desired. And and in in some of the cases, they should really lead to legal proceedings, you know, because money has changed hands. And you see it all too often now in the newspapers where people are going to court. I was telling you earlier in the week of, of three grand that was handed over for a five grand job. Your man came, took the deposit, said it was for stuff, materials, and just legged it. Now, in this case that I referred to in court the other day, uh, it did go to court and your man brought the three grand into court and got a suspended sentence. But all too often I'm hearing of all these kind of stuff, whether it's, whether it's landscaping, whether it's gardening, whether it's tarmacadaming, whether it's laying patios or doing slabs. Uh, and, and of course this morning, and all too often you hear of this stuff when it comes to bedding and 
mattresses and headboards and things um, and people being left you know, very unhappy with what they get. Um, so with that in mind, I thought I might touch base with uh, Kieran Barry at Living Dreams because um, he's warned of this uh, for quite some time. He joins me by phone. He wasn't expecting my call. So thank you for dropping everything, Kieran. Good morning. Morning, Neil. How are things? Uh, this doesn't come as a surprise to you. I mean, let, let's just park, let's just park the story we dealt with this morning. Let's just generalize, if you like. How, how bad is it out there? There's not a week goes by, Neil, and I'm sick to shit of it. To be honest, that people are coming into me after getting caught or scammed, and it's mostly Facebook. And how are they being caught? They'll buy a mattress, or buy a bed, or buy a headboard, and they're inferior. I mean, I said it before, if it seems too good to be true, it is too good to be true. A lady last week, she bought, uh, like that now, a quilted headboard. It was cardboard. You could bend the headboard. Where are they being made, these things? Where are they coming from, this stuff? Most of it is China or Eastern Europe. But the uh, same with the mattresses. There, I spoke to you about two years ago about those mattresses that were being sold, that had been recovered, that were taken out of skips. That type of stuff is still going on. And, like, I just think people should... And I also heard recently, was it, I don't know whether you told me something, that some people get job lots from closing down hotels and stuff, is it? No, they advertise them as that. No, in my opinion, I don't think they are. I think that's just a way of advertising them, that they were a cancelled hotel order. But so they, get, they, they literally take them out of skips. Yeah, I've seen videos in the UK where mattresses have been uh, recovered in new fabrics, print in new bags, but there actually could be 10, 15, 20-year-old mattresses that they're using. And when people come in to you, I mean, what do they, why do they come in? Do they say, okay, well, we're going to go to a reputable company because we've been well, caught? Yes, they, they say, look, we've, hands up, we were caught, so we've come here. And I would say to people, like, you know, there are genuine bricks and mortar shops who do advertise on Facebook, like other furniture stores around the country. So at least with that, you have a recourse. If you buy something, if there's a bricks and mortar shop there, you can go back to them and get the problem resolved. But if there's no shop attached to this Facebook page, and a lot of these you'll notice they change their names periodically, keep away from them. Just keep away from them. And if it's cash and no receipt, uh, that should also be... Uh, no, maybe not. Maybe people think they're getting a bargain for cash. Is that the way? Well, I don't know. I mean, obviously, if these guys can't take visa transactions or bank drafts or bank transfers, they're not legit companies, like, you know, if they're only accepting cash and they're obviously not paying VAT on it either, like, you know. And are they all local or are they coming in from outside the county or where, where does that work geographically? Well, most of the ones that I hear would be Irish-based. Most of them are Irish-based, but a lot of them would change their phone numbers and they would change their names on the, 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 the Facebook domain, like, you know. So, when things get hot, then they change it, do they? Yeah, and I've, like, I mean, it's the same recurring story I hear all the time, I hear on your show, where eventually, they just block these people's numbers when, they, when they're trying to get in contact with them, like, you know, they block them from their Facebook page, they remove comments that they put up there, like, you know. And is it always mattresses, or is the same happening with sofas, three-piece suites, occasional furniture and things? Not as much as beds and mattresses for some reason. I do get some sofas, but it's mostly beds, headboards and mattresses in particular. Well, I do know that the lads at Factory Carpets, they run a very reputable business out on the Kinsale Road. They're plagued with people going around pretending to be them, for instance. 
They do, yeah, do that as well, yeah. I've had that done to me in the past. Well, they use similar names to the company, is it? They actually use my business card, which <laughs> belief. How does that make you feel, though? It's annoying, Neil, you know. I mean, you have in Cork, you have cases, there's over 100 years, you have my family business in Watercourse for the Farm Centre, you have Harvey Norman, you have Easy Living, you have myself. There's loads, and practically carpet, as you mentioned, there's loads of reputable shops in Cork and County that are paying their rates, paying their taxes, paying their VAT and so on, paying staff. Then you have these cowboys going along, selling online and catching people and deliberately catching them, in my opinion. And they have no problem sourcing this stock, do they? I mean, God knows there can't be a whole lot of mattresses and skips. They must be coming from elsewhere. No, no, they did order from factories. Like, they'd be the lower end of mattresses, like, you know, cheaper stuff. Seconds, maybe, all that kind of caper. But wouldn't, wouldn't you be able to get a decent enough four-foot-six bed mattress and headboard for €370 Euro from a reputable company, surely? Not really, to be honest. You're going to pay a little more than that, like, you know. Like, what? I mean, for a decent mattress, you should be paying around maybe 290 that way, like, you know, upwards. Yeah, but who buys a mattress without buying the bed? I'm t- they come together, don't they? What would the price be? Well, for a bed, mattress and headboard, you're looking up around 550 that way for something decent. So is it know? any wonder then people probably have seen that that's the price, 550 and then they see yeah. this character for 370 and it looks fine and they go for it? Yeah, the other problem with a base, Neil, if the base isn't up to standard, the mattress won't perform on the base, you know? How does that work? If you have a good mattress on a cheap base... Oh, sure. I mean, you spend enough time in a bed, you have to have it right, yeah. don't you? Exactly, yeah. Exactly, yeah. Okay, all right. Well, uh, uh, Joe, look, if you want to tell him to get in touch with me and I see if I can get a headboard to match up to his bed for me... What do you make of the photograph of the headboard? What do you make of the studding and stuff? Um, look, it's, it's like shoddy. It's shoddy. You know, it's... <laughs> That's, that's been kind. To be honest, how someone would even send that out on a truck to deliver it, you know? You would rip the finger off yourself on the studding in the corners of that thing. <laughs> like yeah. it's unreal. But I, I just say, Neil, to people, please, please, if you're going to buy anything, don't buy it on Facebook from someone who doesn't have a bricks and mortar store. Okay, well said. All right, appreciate that. Thanks, Kieran, as always. Uh, actually, Joe's got himself a few different headboards because if. Uh, if uh, Living Dreams can help him out, I know certainly we have got him one. And I want to say thank you to Dave Tynan, who has swan beds. Now, there's a typical example now of a car company that has been around for years. I've been on air for a long, 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 long time. And swan beds have been advertising on radio for, I don't know, 30 years, probably longer. Vickers Road. They were in touch to say that they'd love to give Joe a headboard. Um, and uh, I'm want to say thank you Dave and you know well done and continue success with uh, Swan Beds on Vickers Road as you say they've been around reputable company and they're the kind of companies you need to be able to get the value I appreciate that but you don't want to be spending money like 370 euro with nothing to show for it at the end so thank you to Swan Beds for that text 0868104106 back after the break text the Neil Prenderville show now 0868104106 red Okay, um, hands up. Who's watching Love Island? Who's secretly watching it? Who's admitting that they're watching it? Who's watching it and not admitting to watching it? Um, It's a couple of different articles we've been making the paper even every single day on this. Like Liz Jones in the mail today says, is it television porn? No. Love Island is the fearless youth I wished I had myself. It's the guilty pleasure of older viewers, the older viewers who pretend to loathe it, but wistfully dare to say what so many secretly think that they wish they were in there themselves. Um, uh, I 
haven't watched anything of Love Island apart from the little clips that I've been watching in advance of, uh, you know, talking about it this morning. But I did get kind of the what, what I would regard as the fool's guide, the idiot's guide to Love Island. And I found it earlier in the week, this ratings juggernaut which wintered in South Africa, returns to the summer slot. Um, and it was hit, of course, in 2020 by the suicide of its longtime presenter, Caroline Flack, uh, after police had charged her with assaulting her boyfriend. Uh, she was subjected to vicious bullying and intimidation on social media. We also know the two former contestants died by suicide, prompting concerns about Love Island's responsibility to everybody involved in the show. ITV make huge money from Love Island. They had 14 million in the kitty before it even aired. Advertisers were rushing to be involved in it. Um, and it starts, <coughs> for those of you who don't know, it starts with 10 singletons in their 20s. Five men, five women. The girls arrive first. Then they watch the blokes troop in one by one. If a girl wants to couple up with the guy, she stands forward. If two women stand forward, then the man gets to choose one of the two. Mm. To me, straight away, that sounds weird. Uh, the couples then share a bed in a communal room. New singleton enter through, throughout the season, new arrivals. And at intervals, couples have the opportunity to break it off and find a new partner. You have to stay in the cup as a couple to remain in the show. I guess that's how you win. And of course, we had Maura Higgins. Um, but apparently the Irish this time around are too hot to handle and there are no confirmed Irish participants. Indeed, we can't even vote. <clears throat> it's limited to the UK. ITV has announced now a new duty of care protocol that has been drawn up where they have psychological and medical assessments of all those that go in to Love Island itself. So I'll be talking to uh, Laura O'Mahony from the Red FM Breakfast Crew in a few minutes' time, who is a serious fan. But just... If you're a Love Island fan, well and good. If you're not, this will explain it some more. Just a couple of clips from this week. This is Tuesday night's episode where two new girls, Lucinda and Millie, arrived into the Love Island villa, much to the boys' delight. Oh, my God. Hello. me. How are you? Oh, my dears, up on the block. <laughs> yeah, good. You all right? Hi. Oh, my God. Are you all right? <laughs> Hello. Okay. I'm Millie. Millie. Yeah. I'm Lucinda. Lovely to meet you. Hello, I'm Lucinda. Lovely to meet you. So we've got Lucinda and we've got Millie. Both girls are stunning. Thank you. Thank you, whoever's up there. They are both absolutely stunning. Blown away. I'm, I'm kind of speechless. Oh, that's, okay. that's one blonde that's that would. That's the bedroom. That's are you guys like all settled down? No, I, I'm not. <laughs> the girls already in then, apparently, got jealous of the two new girls. Did you just get a text? Oh no. Uh, oh, there's a girl in there. My, I just saw blonde hair. Wait, let me look. Not another one! There's two! No! Oh, they're stunning. Oh, nice knowing you guys. They're both blonde as well. Well, it's about to get interesting, eh? Damn. Damn. If it's any solace, none of them are like, there's no body contact, is there? Hello? Hello? Oh, there's an arm and a waist. Look how happy he looks. That is definitely Brad's type. She's got dark features, yeah. dark roots. She's got her hand around him. He looks happy. This is brilliant. Nice little family photo going on. 
Is this escapism or what? They say, Laura Manny joins me by phone. Laura, good morning. Good morning, Neil. How they, are you? They say that people with high IQs love watching Love Island because it makes them feel really good about their own lives. <laughs> so I feel particularly great about my life. Well, Neil, I think that's quite unfair. I do think that people that don't watch Love Island often say, oh, you know, they're, they're brainless or they're only all about looks or whatever. But actually, a lot of these people, uh, they've... They've been to college, they've college degrees, there's a fella in it with a PE teacher. They're not just your run-of-the-mill influencer. They happen to also look absolutely stunning. But they have a lot about them. The more, the further you go into the show and the more you get to know each of the characters, you do start to realise that these people have a bit more substance than your average kind of reality. But when do they ever get to show any of that substance or content, in all fairness? and stuff and when you're learning about their background and all that obviously it's not front and centre Neil that's not what it's about it is escapism and everything but I do think it's too easy to kind of say oh they're brainless and they're stupid or whatever a lot of them have a lot about them particularly this year there's a lot of very fiery uh, women willing to kind of stand up for themselves and uh, not wanting to be um, you know badly treated or misrepresented or whatever so there are it does have its moments and one of the things I think people overlook actually a lot with Love Island is there's a group of girls and a group of boys and obviously they're trying to couple up with each other but actually the boys form an amazing kind of bond of friendship as well and the girls really do even though they're essentially competing with each other the girls mostly have their backs and there's some great examples of like female friendship and standing up for each other so there is more to it than your average kind of run of the mill reality TV show obviously it's not unproblematic but it is an absolute bit of escapism every evening certainly for myself and my husband Does it not objectify young women as as (gasps) in soft porn and that they are just you know, sex objects. No, I, I don't really think it does. I don't think it does. I mean, of course you could take that view and yes, they are all sitting around in their bikinis or whatever, but these are beautiful women. There was a discussion the other night. Uh, one of the boys said that he didn't like women that were fake, that had any enhancements or whatever. And, and he got, he, he was being honest in his opinion and confession yeah. and got hammered for it. He did, but I suppose in a way, like the girls were like, you don't understand why any of us would have had an enhancement. One of the girls say was saying that she used to cry every day when she was a teenager about her appearance. And while that is horrific and it's so unfortunate that that's the way the world is, she felt then that she wanted to get enhancements and stuff to make herself, uh, you know, feel better and feel happy. Now that's terrible. But that should tell more about the people that were bullying her, trolling her and abusing her than your man's opinion of, of, of fake. Yeah. I do think now he was slightly misrepresented. He just unfortunately used the word fake about 4.2 million times and that uh, slightly... But you know what I mean? Would anybody be honest about anything they feel in life because they expect a response like that. Like, for instance, I was talking earlier this morning. I want to bring Siobhan O'Connor, the conumulist from the Irish Sunday Mirror, in on this. Siobhan, good morning. Yeah. I was asking, I was asking a question morning. this morning there as to because a girl who happens to be the girlfriend of a tennis player was described on television by two male commentators. Boris Becker called her pretty. Um, do women object to being called pretty? Do you know, I don't think that is the issue. I think 
you can say somebody's pretty, but then before you say the word pretty, you can probably commentate on their strength of, of like prowess and on the court or whatever. I wouldn't mind somebody calling me pretty, but however, if that's the only thing you're saying about that person, what like are we saying that we can't call a man handsome then? You know, where does where does the, the where do we draw the well, line? No, I would I would just like to know because things are changing so fast. Is it acceptable anymore for a man to compliment a woman on her looks? Now, see, I keep saying to my partner John, we can't keep calling our child pretty, right, Erin, because we we want her to be feel that that's not going to get her head in life. So that's the other side of the coin because people who are who, who are deemed pretty, like say the, the absolute babes on Love Island, when they turn like sixty and their looks are faded. What is there then? So that's why I don't like the propagation and, and the use of Love Island to be the, the, the remit for the young people now because they think that's the ideal. They think that's what they should achieve. That's, they think that's what life's about, to get on a show like that. Because, and, and is that the reason why in your column you called it toxic? Yes. I mean, I find the whole... I, look... What I'm saying in the column is I'm comparing it to Anna Geary's incredible show, which is coming up this week on RTE, Why Girls Quit Sport. And in it, I've, I've had a sneak peek of Anna, the beautiful Corkonian, your own. Yeah, I've she's the greatest. Yeah. And yeah. she's absolutely, I love her. She is extremely into like bringing women ahead, right? And when you see the first episode of her show, when you see it, right, on RTE, um, it's, I think it's on next weekend um, or this weekend but I'm down camping so forgive me for my my date all yeah. stuff but what I love is that in that first episode one of the girls who she's interviewing are, are trying to get on her team so the idea is that they're all she's trying to recruit a, a team of GA players from a Rings End uh, Dublin school and these girls have like basically dropped off out of sport and one of them says one of the first pieces to camera she says oh, all I like to do is go home chill my phone and watch Love Island and that is the goal to go home and watch Love Island so these girls aren't like taking part in sport their only thing in life that excites them is to go home and watch Love Island and like okay so if they're playing the sport and watching Love Island that mightn't be so bad but what's happening is they're looking at these body types on Love Island that aren't athletic maybe they are necessary maybe they're into sport they're looking at these these representations of women and thinking that's what they want to become like. They're not looking at the ga player or the hurley player. So the likes of the likes of Anna Geary coming along and bringing a show like this. This is what we want our kids to be watching, not the toxic love violence. And Laura, I I I know what you're saying. You know, it's escapism for some, but the problem is it's the younger people watching it. That I mean, watching Love Island is the reason why girls don't play sport. Well, no, one of the reasons why girls... Because I was thinking about that. Do. No, I mean, I was just thinking... Because for, for me, I would think that the, the reason why we have a, women of an issue with regards to sports it has more to do with the amount of coverage of women's sport. It's about the amount yeah. of money in, in it for men. It's about all of the marketing of the men's game. Um, you know, we have, we have, we have a, a, a legacy in, in, in Irish schools of ga for boys or rugby for boys, but we don't talk up... Uh, sports for women uh, as much like and and I think that the media is very responsible and, and if you don't mind me saying so I was just looking at sports coverage for instance in the tabloids and amongst them the mirror during the week and, and I was counting the amount of sports stories that were being carried in the newspapers on both Monday and Tuesday of this week and the mail had 17 stories about men in sport they had one about women. It was the Barty match yeah. in Wimbledon. The star. Oh, hang on a second. This, yeah. but, but, no, yeah. but hang on a second. Well, 
it, it's it's media driven. I think the half the problem. The Star had thirty three. Yeah, no. The Star had thirty three stories about sport on Monday, and they had one story about women, Ons Jabur and the tennis. The Mirror had twenty eight stories about men in sport, and three about women. Again, women in, in Wimbledon, um, and the Sun had twenty six stories about men. And three about women. And unfortunately, they were honing in on Emma Raducani, who had a panic attack on court. And The Independent had one story in the entire newspaper about the Irish women's hockey team. So there's no marketing. There's no media coverage to help women. Well, that's why we need more. That's that's why we need more of the Anna Geary's of this world to to basically highlight how incredibly empowering sport is. And look, I'm not I'm not the editors of any of those tabloids that you're talking about there. But shame on us and shame on us and come on, the likes of Anna. Let's bring it forward. Let's change that. But just getting back to why, think about teenagers. Think about what happens when you turn 15 or 16. You start getting body conscious You start as a female. You start getting, you start the kind of losing your confidence. And if sport has continued, that confidence will bring you up. But what's happening is boys come in, discos come in, and you start thinking, oh, sport is athletic, sport is masculine, sport isn't feminine. And then what happens is you're not like encouraged to keep it going. Your confidence definitely is an issue and Anna speaks about that I have an interview with Anna this Sunday in the uh, Irish Sunday Mirror an exclusive chat with Anna and she talks about that that if we can kind of empower women to understand that you, you can be you can wear fake tan and you know play sport but getting them interested in sport is key and keeping them like the drop off is very significant at the teenage stage and if, they're, if they can't see it they can't be it so if they, if they can look at the likes of Anna Geary who could do Dancing with the Stars and be an All-Ireland champ then they'll realise oh it's cool to do sport yeah What's wrong? What's we can't we can't be dismissive either of like I mean my children aren't particularly sporty. I definitely was not a sporty child, so neither can we just hold up sports stars. I suppose as something to emulate. We there are children, there are teenagers that are sitting down watching Love Island. We must also recognise that there is good in these women as well. These women that are presenting in a certain way, but they also have strong opinions, strong feelings. They're you know they we can't just. Dismiss miss them as not being good role models when actually a lot of them have a lot to offer as well, even if they're not uh, necessarily something that we want well, to Well, I mean, well, that's, that's in the eye of the viewer as to, and I'm just, I'm not suggesting that I believe this, but if, you know, you have to look at that show and see young people engaging in promiscuous sex with people that they don't know. Is, is that a role model we want to give to a teenager? No, but I suppose that hasn't happened yet this series. Now, again, it's like Big Brother. It's like anything. I grew up watching Big Brother probably when I was way too young to be watching it. But there is also an element of Love Island that hugely, this is very controversial, now reminds me of my time in Irish college without the promiscuous side of it. I know what you're saying, that yeah. Notion, oh, go on, you know that notion go on, of like... Tell us more. <laughs> Tell us more about what done in Irish college. Were you sent Laura. home from Irish college? <laughs> I wasn't, but I'm telling you, I met my husband down there, so it didn't, do, it didn't work out too badly for me at all. But you know that feeling of like, oh my God, that person is gorgeous. Oh my God, there's a new person, he's gorgeous as well. Oh my God, I love everybody. Oh, I'm riddled with loads of things. Like that, I, I relate to that. I relate to that on screen. Do you know what I mean? I just would have thought that some would have thought that it was an insult to the intelligence of women or young girls to think that Love Island stops them doing anything else in their life, including sport. That is kind of down to say. Well, of course, everybody's life must be rich. 
you know, like I used to go to school and come home and watch Big Brother. I wasn't sporty, but it wasn't the only thing in my life. Do you know what I mean? I think obviously girls need to, to find their own interests or whatever. But if a girl wants to come home and watch Love Island and play on her phone or whatever, that's OK, too. You know, she's she's no less of a girl because she wants to do that and she doesn't want to play sports. As a very, very non-sporty person, I absolutely appreciate that about about somebody. But obviously, as parents then as well, it is up to us to lead the way and say, you know, what you're seeing there in Love Island might not exactly be something that we're going to emulate. It's a type of person that you might not want to be. It's up to us to intervene. No, but that's not the, but the problem them. is they maybe they do see that and they do want to be them. And like it's maybe it's a question for Siobhan. Maybe that's not such a bad thing. I mean, the Love Island contestants, they do it for money and for a career, don't they? Surely, surely that's smart. You know, I mean, we have to look back at Maura Higgins and her fabulous comment about the Fanny flutters, might I add, and yeah. that got so many hits on on social media. And then, of course, she's now charging seven point five, seven thousand five hundred pounds per Instagram post, right? So, of course, there is that side of the coin that it's business, that it's savvy. But I have two young girls, and I don't particularly want them to aspire to be a Love Island star. And you know, we, I no, but the Love well, Island I, bounces them on to the career that Maura now has. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, but also remember the three suicides off the back of Love Island and the self-care that is, as producers are saying that it's very, very apparent now that they must be really careful about the psychologist after the show. So what happens is when the fame subsides, that's when the depression hits and that's why those three, God love them, those stars uh, from the show took their own lives, which is extremely sad and extremely you know, tough for their families. But what happens off the back of the fame is when the fame drops off, now it hasn't happened to Maura, she's still riding high. But for many of those stars, once their fame subsides, they, they, they hit such a low that they can't fathom, well, why am I on the top of everyone's lips anymore? Why aren't, why aren't people stopping me in the street anymore? Yeah. And I don't really think I want my children, my two young girls, to aspire to be a famous Instagram hit overnight from, from a Love Island reality show when I think, you know, the likes of, say, a tennis player who has to graft or the likes of, a, of, of, of say, a doctor who has to work for it. You know, or if, if you're famous for being an actor, you've a, you've a talent. But being famous for being on a, on a reality show that will, your fame will generally fade I don't think that's what I want my... I don't want my girls to aspire to be like that. So to, are, you, are you describing them as kind of cannon fodder for television? Um, it reminds me of the Jeremy Kyle show, which was axed after a guest suicide, for instance. Yeah, I mean, it's that's the issue. That they are, the producers are saying that they're providing significant aftercare. But if they provide aftercare for even up to a year, the issue is when that year is over, when you're going back to your job in the cafe or you're going back to your job or whatever you're doing, you could be like doing a, a, a good paid job somewhere. You could be doing a bad paid job somewhere. But, but whatever job you go back to, it's not the same height of fame as you had. So I don't really think that's what we should be promoting in society. I just think that's why it's toxic. Isn't it and amazing? The only people who have the last laugh is the people watching them. Because once they come off, they're, they're going to be nobody's inevitably. And you think that's the sad aspect of it? They go back yeah. to what possibly could be dull, uninteresting lives what they consider to be uninteresting and dull. Ah, yes. Um, That's the the issue, really. I think it's just, like, I wish that we could have so... I mean, for older people that, like, I have so many friends, Neil and Laura, who who like Laura and your husband there, Laura. I'm I'm thinking your husband's a gas man that he loves it as well. Does he really sit down, Laura, uh, willingly? 
Oh, Neil. Sorry, no, but my Shane loves all these things. Shane loves the Eurovision. Shane loves Love Island. Shane is very vocal about you. Shane, he's very vocal about Love Island. We sit down, we watch it together. Uh, he has strong opinions about a lot of the men this year. He thinks that um, they they need to learn how to live with feisty women and all this. We have a great time sitting down watching it together. My little Irish college mind. <laughs> You're not the only one because I interviewed Martin King and his gorgeous wife Jenny and they love it as well. So look, I'm not saying that like, you know, people of our vintage shouldn't get a bit of a kick out of it. But what I am saying is for the younger people coming up, I just don't want my kids watching that. And our teenager now, um, John's son James, he isn't watching it yet, but I know his brothers love it. So wasn't there research out that was done with teens and they were asked a question as to whether they wanted to be famous or have a successful career and an awful lot of them went for Instagram blogger fame? Yeah. yeah. Oh, and by the way, there's a course on influencers now, how to become an influencer in a clone. An actual you course? Learn, you can actually, like, study it. But so, I think Is that where you pick up the phrases that um, bloggers use, like everyone was asking or the other one is I haven't been on for a while I'm sorry I've been up the walls and the third one is I have some great news I just can't tell you yet are those the kind of things they use that name (laughs) (laughs) well look I mean you know I think as well you know we can't take life too seriously but I just feel we need more shows like Why Girls Quit Sport and I'm looking forward to watching that at RT with Anna Geary and more. But do you accept? Do you accept that that is as much of the responsibility of the media, marketing, commercialism as anything else? You know, you have you have you have female ga players who have to uh, buy and supply their own kit for God's sake. You know, they don't yeah, get expenses yeah, yeah. going to and from. They have to take time off. I mean, it's just so unbalanced. And yet, at the but same time, the, but yeah. there's no television coverage. But at the same time, you could have Croke Park full for the women's All Ireland ga final. You know, it's, it just seems all wrong. We need people like you, Neil, to keep talking about it. Then maybe the, the tabloids and the likes of the media will listen. Uh, um, just before I let you guys go, Laura, um, what's the goss going forward then? Do you end up following one and having a particular favourite or, or what? Well, that can, that can happen at the moment. My favourite is Liberty, but I fear smashed into a million pieces by Jake but we'll be there to pick up the pieces I suppose you love different ones as they come in often when the new people come in you'd be very much like oh no I don't know how I feel about this new one but by the end of the week you're very invested in them I like getting invested in them my own day to day life is very busy with my own two kids I like being able to pop off and go into somebody else's world and imagine that I'm one of these stun buns over in New York <laughs> so I'll, uh, I'll be invested in them now for the next seven weeks <laughs> and all walks that of life I suppose watch I mean some people use TV to switch off don't they they use Love Island to decompress absolutely and like does it help her sex life (laughs) 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 well it doesn't get done very late you wouldn't have time afterwards (laughs) Uh, hang on there a second I don't know whether or not Mel is there or not Mel hi how are you You just one quick call on this you you said you're annoyed with Siobhan why everyone's entitled to an opinion Everyone's entitled to an opinion, but why should we be giving our opinion on how these other women spend their lives, whether it's an Instagram influencer or whatever they do? That's up to themselves, and they work very hard to do that as well. There's plenty of women out there that work very hard 
doing influencers or trying to get over no, the forget, No, forget about influencers. Siobhan O'Connor is no, talking... No, I wasn't talking... No, I wasn't talking about the influencers and I'm going I to brought that up. But I was talking about Love Island and young people aspiring to be on a reality show like that. I wasn't talking about the influencers. Fair play to the influencers. Like, oh, I was, why, I was why, basically why saying that I don't want my children aspiring to be on something like that. Okay, but that's your case. But why why would that be a problem? As Laura said, like some of these women are in, incredibly strong women and like they work very hard for the bodies that they have and they work very hard for themselves, you know. So but but you know, talking about a woman's body in that regard though, isn't that objectifying you, you, you women? You mentioned it, the unrealistic expectation for women and stuff like that. Like it's, that, it's only, it's only unre- unrealistic to people that don't have that body and don't want to work yeah, but what it, about like, what about the know. fact that they don't have other body shapes on it why why are they all pristine like abs of steel and do we want our young girls to just want to be like that or do we want our young girls to have a body that can do something for you in sport so if you if you give somebody sport they'll naturally get abs right but if you just like look at a tv show like that they're going to think oh well that's the way i've got to be but i'm a size 18 to 20 and that wouldn't to me it doesn't bother me at all because that's just but, but would an 18 to 20 size get on to Love Island? Sorry, sorry, I cut off. So, but that, that, like, that's up to the producers, that's how they market it. Let if me find out, Laura. 20. Hello? Talk to me about the actual body sizes on the show. Are they all the same? They're not all the same, Neil. Obviously, nobody is the same. Yeah. As anybody else's, and obviously, like even though these girls to us are absolutely these girls and boys are absolutely stunning, I'm sure they all have their own body hangups as well. And no, look, but why, why, wait a second, why isn't there a size eighteen twenty? Why isn't there somebody that's six or eight stone overweight? I don't know. I don't know. Well, how does that how does that make somebody who is overweight or unhappy with their body image watching this bloody show? Then how much they feel? But it could be same with the same for the girls with the tin bodies. Like the girls with the tin bodies mightn't actually feel as great as they look. You know what I mean? You're just generalizing that. No, I'm, I suppose what I'm asking is why? Why isn't it a reflection of all men and women in society? Why do they all have to be perfect bodies, perfect shapes, perfectly manicured? Well, that's something they should work on going forward. Obviously, Neil, every year there is always a discussion about diversity, body types and race and everything. That is an ongoing discussion. Unfortunately, we don't live in a world yet where it could be as diverse as that. But I think maybe Ireland has the answer. I think we should do our own Irish version of Love Island with a load of normal people like myself and we'll have a great time. Okay, and you're on your holidays. Neil, it's soft porn and it's voyeurism. Let's face it. Okay, and one final question then, um, and it's a straight question. Would either of you, would any of the three of you be happy with a son or daughter in a show like that? Mel? Well, like, it just, it depends what the point of it is like. You know, if if it's a case that they want to further their career in that kind of sense or that, you know, they're marketing themselves, yes, but they have to have respect for themselves as well and treat themselves with respect. You know, it's it's up to us to teach them that, Yes, you know, these things are on programs, but how you actually show yourself on television and how you... Yes, you know, but they, you they edit television, you see. They will edit it. They will edit it to suit their needs. Oh, but of course, of course they do. But you like these are the conversations that they have to have going into a situation like that. So are you that saying that you'd be happy them. with a son or a daughter on Love Island? It would be up to them at that age, to be honest with you. You know, I'm not going to be controlling my son for the rest of his life. Like, he has to make his own decisions. No, I'm not asking. I'm saying, would you be happy? Well, I would be happy, yeah, I suppose I would, yeah. Laura? 
I would, to be honest, Neil, because I feel like my two children are coming from a very safe, happy background. I'd be able to trust them, no bother to kind of conduct themselves in a way that I would be happy with. And I'd be delighted to watch them on the telly every night. Myself and Shane would be there with the popcorn going, go on, girl, go on, Polly. You, you go after your man. <laughs> Clearly, Siobhan, you would be no, yeah? Well, one daughter of mine, the two personality types now, one is extremely sensitive and the other one, like, you know, she just doesn't take life too seriously. So if I had to choose between which one, obviously the one who doesn't take life too seriously. But I would die if either of them wanted to go in. That's the thing, I'd die if they wanted to. And and that's what I'm afraid of. Wasn't there an Irish person, though? Wasn't it California? Oh, yeah. Did you see that? No, but nobody told that it was cringeworthy. But it was a hit for Virgin, though, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was some hit, all right. <laughs> it was lowest common denominator stuff as well, but it, like obviously the production values weren't on, on par with Love Island, but it was comical in fairness. That was quite funny, that show. I don't know what you Mel think of that, that one. Either of you watched California? California? To be honest, I didn't watch it. <laughs> I watched a bit of it, Neil, but I love all these shows. Like, you know, I just love reality TV. I'd watch it around the clock. I have to do something to counteract all the sad documentaries that I watch. <laughs> all right. Let it, let's leave it at that, guys, because I see a lot of texts coming in on this topic. But thank you all for your contributions. Do appreciate it. Siobhan O'Connor, columnist with the Irish Sunday Mirror, our own Laura O'Mahony from the Red FM Breakfast Crew, and Mel. A uh, lot of texts. Text 086 on this, and we'll pick it up after the break. The Neil Prendival Show on Cork's Red FM. Our phone lines remain open. Open after midday, 1850-104-106. We all have a role to play in encouraging girls to play more sports and it's all very well to be blaming, uh, you know, reality television for it. But there's other issues as well. I mean, the irony of, of it wasn't lost on me that it took a it took a German supermarket chain to come in and start seriously sponsoring and putting women in, putting money into women's football, for instance, and things like that. And somebody gave me a stat recently that women's sports gets €700,000 uh, compared to men's sports in this country, which gets... 3 million euro. I mean, I don't know how anybody can justify that considering we're all taxpayers and we're part of it. We have skin in the game as well with that disparity. So it's just my own thoughts on it. Text 0868104106. With regards to sport, oh, okay, just before I do that, lines are open for this now. Artists and titles in the right order. Weekend break from the Maldron. 1850104106. We'll take caller 10. Artists and title in the right order. Here they are. Now I'm sitting here. One eight fifty one zero four one zero six. You might be interested to hear, in spite of England beating the Danes last night, disciplinary proceeding disciplinary proceedings have been launched against England by UEFA. They've opened proceedings against England following last night's win over Denmark. England have been hit with three charges by UEFA. One of which is the use of a laser pointer by a spectator after one appeared to be directed at uh, Schmeichel as he prepared to face Harry Kane's penalty. The other charge relates to fans disturbing the national anthems, booing, and the third one, lighting fireworks. So, particularly, I suppose, the um, the laser and the booing of the national anthem. What would disciplinary, pre- disciplinary proceedings result in? Probably a fine, I suppose. Probably no more than that. Um, will there be anywhere in town, Neil, putting up a big screen to watch the match? It would be a good distraction for an evening. I'll endeavour to find out. Any pubs doing it with a big screen outdoors for the England-Italy game? Text 0868104106. I'm absolutely disgusted at the English bashing going on. I've lived here 26 years and I love the country. But I've become very upset every time this happens. If Denmark had won on a soft penalty... 
there would have been no problem. Sure, there wouldn't. I don't agree with booing the national anthem, but finding every reason to bash England uh, with the vitriol I'm hearing, uh, particularly from your callers, is unacceptable. Thank you, Neil, for being brave enough to say on radio you will support England after she called us animals. Um, Him supporting England, changing channels, as in me. Uh, Listening to the show, and I truly hope England win on Sunday, despite your callers, and I'm Irish. Tell them, build a bridge, get over it. Uh, How does Seamus, your caller, manage to work conspiracy theories into everything he talks about? Now it's even football. Great time for Seamus' comments. I have great time for his contributions, like everybody's. Um, the most annoying thing about England is that before they kick a ball, they have the tournament won. <laughs> so true. It is. It's coming, Rome. It's coming, Rome. Most annoying thing about England is they have the, they have the tournament won before they kick a ball. Their overconfidence is just painful. If they win this, we'll never hear the end of it. Their supporters are awful too. The way they behave is pathetic. Italia all the way. And just one more. Hey Neil, you're a bunch of bad eggs. England were the better team last night by far. The Danes were messy. Can you not just give them the praise they deserve? It's a joke because if Liverpool were playing uh, Denmark, the whole country would be rooting for Liverpool against Denmark. Get over it. They're through to the final. I'll be shouting for England all the way. I'm ashamed at times to be Irish. Keep those texts coming. We'll pick it up in the morning. Last bit of business this morning should be Ian in Ballyfehan. Let's see if we got him on line three. Ian, good morning. Hey, Neil. How you doing, man? I'm good, my man. Who will you be supporting in the final? <laughs> Italy, of course. <laughs> I wonder, does that disqualify you from the competition? Probably not. All right. Okay, Italia all the way. So these three songs in the right order, weekend break for you and whomever you choose to take with you at the Maldon Hotel in Port Leash. It would be a good base for you to discover the country, all right? Two nights bed and breakfast. Are you ready? Here are the pieces. You just shout out the answers, all right? Artists and titles in the right order. And here we go. Now I'm sitting here. Um, you need to you need to shout them out there when I'm calling oh, them yeah, out. Right? Hang on a second, I, I'll do it again just for just oh, for yeah. optics. You ready? Here we go. Now I'm sitting Dan Henley, the boys of summer, and Gabriel Sunshine. We got a brother, a bit of sunshine. We can all do with that in our lives. I hope the sun shines for you on your weekend away at the Maldon and Port Leash. All right. That'd be brilliant. Appreciate okay. it. Thanks You're welcome. Take care of yourself. Cheers, pal. Thanks, Ian. Uh, we'll do it again tomorrow. The Modern Hotel at Newlands Cross. Two nights bed and breakfast. Two people. Plan your dream escape with Modern Hotels this summer. Modernhotels.com. We'll pick it all up in the morning. Have a good day. I'll see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this Red FM podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and check out redextra.ie for more great Red FM content.